Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you, it's hip to be square. Our bold mission with the next generation sadly comes to a close as we face the greatest threat we've ever known. Ourselves! It's Star Trek Nemesis on Normies Like Us. Captain, you have an alpha priority communication from Starfleet Command. Someone called Shinzon has requested a Federation envoy. I can't fight what I am. I'm a mirror for you as well. Not for long, Captain. I'm afraid you won't survive to witness the victory of the echo over the voice. You heard it up top. We are boldly going once more, but sadly, for this generation, one last time. Because we're talking Star Trek Nemesis here. I know he's like us with your host, um, Colin Before. All right. I'll be uh, Mike Remus. I'm, I hate the sunlight. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. And uh, Normies, for the last time, it's Captain Jake Luke Picard at your wow. service. And you shaved your head for this episode, mm-hmm. Jacob. It Incredible. looks great. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, yeah, if we're doing the the final one, the nemesis, uh, Shinzon, I am you, Jacob, too, uh, hosting also the same, <laughs> a mirror of your hosting ability, right? Uh, That's right. Yeah, final Star Trek TNG movie. It's weird to uh, kind of get here, especially after Picard season three, feeling like a long TNG movie. But up to yeah. that point, this is kind of the last ride for all these TNG, you know, cast members 2002. You know what? I liked that we just saw Picard season three because there were some references in this movie that kind of tie it all together for me. And I really like that. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about it <laughs> for sure. Do they um, say the word stins on in Picard season three? I don't think so, but oh, there's okay. some other references, uh, yeah. which we can get into. We'll get oh, into I did um, have we'll one son. Do you, are you familiar with shins on? Of course. Yes, the, yes. the Nosferatu planet. My favorite Star Trek exactly, planet. Exactly, the Nosferatus. <laughs> um, of course, we're talking Star Trek Nemesis, the fourth movie in the TNG movie franchise, fourth and final, uh, because this movie did terribly at the box office and ended any talk of a fifth <laughs> movie uh, that there was some talk. It was kind of left open-ended when they made this movie that they could do another one. Uh, but the box office, really bad. Uh I'll just give you the numbers. Sixty-seven mm-hmm. million worldwide on a sixty million dollar budget. Mm. Now compare that. I don't know if we mentioned the numbers of the other movies pre- previous to this one, but Insurrection mm-hmm. did one hundred seventeen million. So from one hundred seventeen million to sixty-seven million worldwide. Right. That's oh, uh, pretty geez. bad. And all With the other what? ones they did over a hundred. You know, first contact one hundred forty-five million. So yeah, pretty bad. So at least box office, the the weakest performer, uh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. And the general reputation of this one is that it's the worst TNG movie. I don't personally agree with that, uh, which we'll get into. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, it's actually my second favorite of the four. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I don't yeah. like I don't like In the these top takes. half. Yeah. Hold on. Take, I want to I want to I want to stick with box office because let's mm-hmm. do our histories. I will say my own mm-hmm. personal history with this film. Jacob, I contributed to that box office. Of course, this continues my legacy of being Star Trek films in theaters. And I specifically remember going to this one with my father and leaving 
and both of us saying, oh, that's right. Star Trek movies are bad. That's sort of what they are. It's interesting that this one follows in that fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's the general consensus. Um, Mike, what's your, uh, what's your history with this movie? I've only seen it like one time ever before this, maybe 10 years ago when I went through all the movies for the first time. And then I thought it was confusing and boring and mostly confusing then. And it's confusing and boring kind of now, but it's like, it has some charm. It's not all bad, but I don't I don't think I like it very much, but we'll get it. Amazing. That's fair. Well, now, yeah. hold on. Even before we do, Jacob, your history with this film in particular, I definitely want to hear when you saw this for the first mm-hmm. time. Let's remind the listeners. Now, we've done a lot of Star Trek episodes. We've been doing this long form series of watching these films, right? We're on fucking number yes. 11 here. This is incredible. Yes. Jacob, in the past in particular as well, you also made us do... A Tom Hardy episode on this podcast. So <laughs> That's right. In particular, let's point out your past that you are a big Tom Hardy fan, my mm. friend. That's right. Uh, normies, Normie Nation out there, you know it. I've mentioned <laughs> it before. Nation. Tom Hardy, uh, you know, the greatest actor of all time, in my opinion. Cinema wow. darling. Uh, yeah. And we did an entire episode <laughs> featuring Tom Hardy. Uh, yeah. So I was pre- I'm pretty excited to talk about this one. Um, because of course, Tom Hardy, before he was really a known commodity, kind of breaking out, uh, one of his first movie roles, uh, Mm -hmm. in this movie. So I'm, I'm super excited. So, so when did you see it and were you already aware of who Tom Hardy was when you saw it for the first time? No, absolutely not. Because I saw this, you know, in the mid two thousands, I didn't see it in theaters, but I do remember catching it at some point. Probably I rented it or something. I don't really remember, but. Uh, and I wasn't as familiar with, like, I knew what TNG was, the show, but I wasn't familiar with it necessarily in the movies, um, even though, like, I saw First Contact and Insurrection before that, so I knew they made movies, but I, I had no, like, I wasn't a Star Trek fan like I am now, so very different experience, uh, and, you know, it's not a great movie, mm. <laughs> not gonna not gonna make that claim, right. um, <laughs> but again, it's a pretty low bar when you're talking about the TNG movies. Do I think it's worse than insurrection? Uh, no, I actually don't. I would rather watch this again than, than insurrection. So, and we'll, we'll get into it later. I won't answer yeah. that until the end of the episode. You'll have to listen yeah. all the way through, yeah. but it's an interesting <laughs> thought. I'm just happy that between last week with Charlie Theron and this week with Tom Hardy, I get my fury road power wow, couple back my... to back, you know, that's right. Uh, that's one of my movies that anybody Tom gets Hardy. a pass. Yeah. Yeah. Mad Max, Bane, uh, Eddie Brock, Shinzon. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> name more iconic trio. You just listed the iconic characters of our lifetime. Yes, yeah, that's right. Of course. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, of course, you know, this movie came out in 2002. Now, um, you know, the early 2000s was a very interesting time that we all lived through, kind of mm-hmm. our coming of age. Uh, you know, we're we're becoming teenagers at this point, pre-teens mm-hmm. to teenagers. Uh, and uh, yeah, this movie feels very early 2000s, even compared to the first three TNG movies. Would you say that? Would you agree with yeah. that? Yeah. We've said so much about like models being used versus CGI effects. We'll get into it. But boy... 
again, it's so interesting to see one of these where you're like, oh, yes, the 2000s. Like exactly yes. what you said, where I'm sitting there like, ah, yes, I'm home. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, we're and right between X-Men 1 and X-Men 3 for your Patrick Stewart update. X-Men 1 came out in 2000. True? And then yeah. this came out in Wow. And wow. a certain director may have a cameo in this movie. Oh, uh, I did. don't like hearing that. Oh, certain, no. Yes. No. Oh, 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 I like no, it no, even no. less. Okay. Yeah. Um, but this movie, uh, yeah, like you said, all CG at this point. The models have been phased out. And this is with the shows, too. So at this point in the shows, you know, uh, Voyager had ended. Enterprise was just starting. Uh, a show that wasn't super well liked at its time. I know Mike's a big fan. I like mm-hmm. Enterprise, but it wasn't the most beloved at the time. I think it's definitely seen as better than like Discovery now, but uh, I think it's sort of gotten a reappraisal over the years. Um, mm-hmm. But this is where we are in the Star Trek universe. We got Enterprise in this movie effectively ending this era. And uh, after this, it would be the Kelvin timeline reboot. Right. You have a long break. Yeah. And there's been a lot of Star Trek on TV, right? We're coming out of Deep Space Nine, Voyager, TNG was off air for a while, but there's been a lot of Star Trek going on. But maybe it's a good time to jump in and we can give us the history of, you know, how did this come to be, become the end of an era is as awkwardly as it accomplishes that or or doesn't. uh, Right after that. Absolutely. Be my sub, Mikey. We're back here on Normies Like Us, where we are talking another Star Trek film. That's right. Live long and keep listening, Normies, because we're talking Star Trek Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Nemesis. Nemesis. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, where did this come from, Jacob? Who who decided to make this? So, who wanted, obviously, Insurrection didn't do from great. The mines of Remus. <laughs> yes. yes, the mines. Yes, the um, mines. The dilithium mines. So, like I said before, so from 1979 all the way until Enterprise ended in 2005, I really consider that an era of Star Trek, starting with the motion picture, where there was a project every couple of years, never more than three years at a time there was a project, right? Mm -hmm. After this movie, this movie came out in 2002, Enterprise ended 2005. Uh, After that, four years until the J.J. Abrams movie was the longest gap between Star Trek projects since 1979. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But uh, 2002, take you back to a good year, 2002. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. it was a good year. God, um, God, 9-11 had just happened. I was really coming right. down from all that. <laughs> yeah, it was the a lot. Back to the millennium life. had dropped uh, at this point. Uh, you know? God, absolutely, yeah. Mike. I was jamming out, thinking about those towers dropping. Jeez, man. Right, Jamming. and... Uh, you know, looking back at the TNG movies, so the last two movies, the director was, of course, Jonathan Frakes, William Riker, uh, number one. Uh, this time, so, and of course, the writers on those movies were all Star Trek writers that had been in the rooms for the, the shows and stuff mm-hmm. uh, that we talked about. Go back and listen, Normies, uh, to those episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, the theme of this movie was new blood, right? New blood. We want to get outside people, not Star Trek regulars. Uh, to make this thing. So first of all, the story credit, I thought this was very interesting. So the story credit is Rick Berman, the guy kind of running all of Star Trek. I mentioned a bunch of times. He gets mm-hmm. a story credit on all these. So it's Rick Berman. It's uh, the screenwriter, John Logan, and it's Brent Spiner. 
Data okay. himself gets a story credit. So yeah. full spoilers, full spoilers. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk yeah. full spoilers of this movie. I'm invoking yes. that right now yes. because Jacob, just with you bringing that up, I'll undercut sort of where this podcast is leading and say, does he just get that? Cause his idea is like, what if I stopped doing this character? Essentially? Yeah. I think he was sort of, yeah, it was his idea to kill data. Spoiler alert. Uh, you get a story credit for that. That's incredible. Um, I don't know how much he was involved, but having a story credit, that's that's kind of interesting. And this is the only one that he has a story credit on. So very mm. strange. I don't know all the details behind that, but um, he did want to stop playing data because he felt like he was aging out of the role for an immortal Android oh. that never ages. He's getting older and it oh. just wouldn't make sense. Uh, of course, he does come back in the Picard show 20 years later, uh, much older, obviously. So, yeah, you several know. characters, too. Um, I I did see something that the screenwriter and Brett Spiner were friends in real life, potentially. So mm, that that yeah, invo- okay. that could inform like, hey, what if we put a lot of data in this screenplay? You know, but, that makes but sense. Mike, the lot of data again, like the story credits him going like, what if I sang a song? And then there's another dumber me. Yeah. 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 He does love singing whenever he gets a chance. Brent Spiner. He loves hamming it up anytime he's he's able to doing a little Mm -hmm. Broadway show tunes. Uh, That's all well Uh. and good. Um, So those are the story credits, the screenwriter, John Logan uh, and the director, Stuart Baird, two guys that had no connection to Star Trek previously to this. Mm. Uh, Stuart Baird. Very interesting. He got his start as an editor and working uh, with Richard Donner specifically, he would mm. edit all of Richard Donner's movies, starting with The Omen, Superman. He was nominated for an Oscar for editing Superman, uh, all the way into the mid '90s. And then he also did second uh, second unit direction and transitioned to become a, a full director. Hmm. Uh, and he made two movies before this. He made 1996 uh, Executive Decision with uh, Kurt Russell and Steven, Steven Seagal. Seagal. Yes. Okay. Uh, And then he made 1998 U.S. Marshals, which is the sequel to The Fugitive that focuses on the Tommy Lee Jones U.S. Marshal character. Um, Mm. Can I talk about Stuart Baird for a little bit? Uh, I have a unique insight into him and that I am obsessed with a podcast called Action Boys that frequently references Stuart Baird. They've Mm. covered several of the films he's edited. But then, of course, you just reference the two he's directed. Executive yes. Decision, U.S. Marshals, both heavy action films. Um, Paramount had a deal with him where he was a cleanup doctor specialist, where mm. he would be pulled into these films. And yes, he had this incredible relationship with Richard Donner. But Superman, the movie came out and it was like four hours long. And they're like, what are we going to do with this? This yeah. is a mess. And he That's was a guy who the, could uh... truly come in and fix shit. Yeah, and he was even involved with this new Richard Donner Superman yes. cut that is like the ultimate director's cut or whatever. He was involved yes. with that, even with uh, Richard Donner sadly passing away last last year, I believe, or uh, two years ago. Yes. Um, so yeah, he knows you know he knows action, he knows he, editing. He specialized in wet prints, which were literally like a movie needed to come out so quick to theaters that the processing chemicals were not washed off the film strip while he was editing. Like his touch was incredible. He gets dangled over him this entire time by Paramount. We know you want to direct clean up three more movies for us and you'll direct. Oh, sorry. That handshake deal was with this guy. 
no, no, no. The handshake deals with me. What we meant was was four more movies. Clean up four uh, more movies. Uh, and truly, geez. his whole career is this. If you ever listen to him, he's a really funny British guy with a crazy thin mustache. He's like, "What? Oh, I did this picture. They fucked me up." And I did. And like he's he's like That's really right. bodied stuff. He's really crazy. That's um, hilarious. And typical basically, Hollywood story. Of typical Hollywood story. Fucked over. Basically, the two films yeah. he directs super suck. And are hated, and then he makes this film, and it's interesting that it's also sucks yeah. and super hated. But and it's a monkey pause situation. Jacob, we've covered eleven of these films. The yeah. last one we did, my big requests were: let's do a memorable villain, and let's do new blood talent. Get all this shit out of here. No more yeah. Picard romance. Like, let's fix all this up. Let's have outside talent like Rathacon. Exactly, Boy, buddy, yeah. we got it in Monkey's Paw. And that's what they it's were going for. Good. Damn, we did get it, huh? Well, wow. you know, with Wrath of Khan, Nicholas Meyer coming in, not a Star yes. Trek guy. They wanted their own Nicholas Meyer. So they're like, Stuart Baird, we like his his work with action. We want to make this one very action heavy. Uh, Patrick Stewart's like, hey, maybe I drive a dune buggy for a little bit. I love action. I, really like driving. I want to be an action guy. Yeah. Why stop? <laughs> We let you drive um, around the chair in the X-Men movies. It's out of your system. <laughs> you drive all day, every day. Stop. Right. So, right. yeah. So they're like, let's get this guy, Stuart Baird. And I'm sure he wasn't too expensive because they had to keep the budget low. Um, and then they hired John Logan as a screenwriter. And now this is interesting because John Logan, actually a very well-respected screenwriter who's done a lot of uh, good movies. Like he wrote gladiator ridley scott's gladiator mm. like two years before doing this uh wow. oscar nominated obviously he would go on to write the av the aviator uh martin scorsese movie um he would write uh skyfall the oh james bond movie wow. so he has like he's done like real good movies you know amazing yeah mm -hmm. but for some reason he did he also did star trek nemesis uh and is there Again, anything a, outstanding about this script at all? Is there anything outstanding <laughs> about the direction at all? No, um, just that it's uh, it's very early two thousands. I feel like every like the design of everything is very like Shinzon is very edgy. Like his costumes are edgy. His ship is edgy. Like it's all very t early two thousands edgy is how I would describe. Yeah, it. it's like PS three era. Like yeah. everything's tough. Yeah, um, there's some what okay lines in this ship, movie. Like, really yeah. point really yeah. what name one quote mike right now you're 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 not going to live to see the victory when the uh, echo overcomes the voice or something like yeah that. i think wow. all the i think the scenes where tom hardy and patrick stewart are acting going at it i think those are good scenes yeah i think those are fine i think that's that honestly before we get too into it but yeah. i think like this movie may be bad but i think tom hardy for being an early role, having to go toe to toe with Patrick Stewart does a pretty good promise. job with what they're given. Yeah. So, you know, I think that and it's really got a career because of the performance, even though the movie sucked. Yeah. Well, and it's sad. It's kind of sad. I mean, it worked out, but this was going to be his breakout role because he was sort of an, un they wanted an unknown name for this. Mm -hmm. uh, so he really committed to this role and, and was like, this can be my breakout role. Uh, and people didn't like it, so he. How old is he at this time? He's probably in his uh, earlier mid twenties. Wow. Um, he had only done you know a couple parts before this, uh, and then for the next six years or so, he would still do smaller parts until his real breakout role, which was the movie Bronson in two thousand eight. Sure. Uh, which yeah. Is his true breakout, but he this this is where he's showing promise, but unfortunately, people just 
hated this movie, so he didn't get a lot of buzz from that. I would argue Bummer. not a star until The Dark Knight Rises, and that's kind mm. of his breakthrough totally to like mainstream. But I, I, I kind of became aware of him bec- through a Guy Ritchie movie called Rock and Rolla. That later yeah. after Batman, I would tell my dad that was Tom Hardy. And again, us having seen this film we're talking about today in theaters, you couldn't convince either of us that we had seen this man star in a movie no. 10 years prior to both of those films. And yeah, mm. and Rock and Roll was the year before uh, Bronson, I believe. So it was right around ah. that era when he was starting to sure. do these interesting roles. Yes. And Bronson was sort of a, is a smaller like indie movie, but his performance was just so good and that people were talking about it. They're like, gotta see this movie Bronson, Tom Hardy. Oh he's my killed God, him. oh my God. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So yeah, John Logan and Stuart Baird, two outside guys. Not uh, John Logan was a Star Trek fan. Uh, Stuart Baird, uh, apparently not really a Star Trek fan. And the cast didn't really like him because he didn't really uh, know TNG before this. He didn't know the characters. He didn't know. He couldn't remember the cast members' names. Well, he thought, he thought LeVar that's... Burton was an alien. Uh, oh, interesting. That's yeah. a that's a hard card to be dealt when you're like, well, oh yeah, what did the last guy do? And they point to the guy who's starring in the movie, and they're like, well, he's right there. He directed the other three. Yes. Damn, right. Jonathan Frakes at this time was also directing the movie Clock Stoppers. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, dude. Nickelodeon's Clock Stoppers. I like yeah. that movie. Yeah, wait, he was in post production on Clock Stoppers. Wait, wait, wait Mike, <laughs> say what the plot of Clock Stoppers is. So it's like, it's like, like a time travel. They have like a science dad, and somehow they have a, a watch that can stop time, and the teenagers get in hijinks, and somebody wants the watch, and you can freeze time and do mm. all kinds of wacky stuff. They had like famous shots of you know the water droplet of a hose freezing, like that kind of visual. Is it a is it a Drake or a Josh? I don't know if it's a Drake or a Josh, but it's probably like a, we have a Drake and like Josh at home Channel kind of thing. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, clock stopper. That. That's amazing. That's incredible. Clock stopper. I've only seen yeah. it once. And then he would yeah. do Jonathan Frakes. Wow. And then he directed Thunderbirds after that in 2000. Thunderbirds. Say either. the plot of Thunderbirds real quick. <laughs> is that based I'm off not, the puppet uh, show? Yeah, it, it cannot be, right? No. A comedy yes. version of... It's, uh, <laughs> it's about a guy and his four sons on board the damaged Thunderbird 5 to steal all the other Thunderbird, Thunderbird vehicles. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like That's it's based 100%. on that property. Is it live is action? It? I think uh, so. Yeah. Did Jonathan yeah. Frank's kind of only do Wild. TV bopper stuff after leaving it sounding Pretty like much. He did a lot of kids. TV stuff. Mm. Well, who, who's yeah. the parent company Viacom, right? You should, you've move them around in that kind of zone. Hey, you could do the kind of BC movies. But anyway, weird room, like we were saying earlier, like he just directed the last ones and then this new director that nobody likes. It's like in the OG cast when, you know, Shatner did one and Nimoy did one. And then after that, if they just went back to some random guy and was like, all right, this guy's going to direct the next one, it would be kind of weird. Um, They got lucky with Wrath of Khan. You know, that guy's not a Star Trek guy, but Nicholas Meyer. They got lucky yeah. with Nimoy that he's just like interesting and weird. That's yeah. True. But so for this one, I mean, the whole idea was enough of these TV writers. We're going to get these outside guys. Like I said, fresh blood, get a mm-hmm. new take on the, the, the series, kind of make it more action oriented, which again, Patrick Stewart's been kind of harping on behind the scenes this whole time. Uh, and this is what we get. We get nemesis. You know what? No matter what I do, I just can't seem to escape 
bald-headed leads having too much creative control in their own projects. <laughs> we just did this with Fast X, and now we're in this TNG era where I'm hating what is yes. going on with the Picard yes. stuff. And yeah, get, yes. get buckle up. We're time to dune buggy it. Yeah, what a wild yeah. much. And the big complaint, obviously, is that it was very villain-centric and very Patrick Stewart-centric, which all the the movies are. But again, the the, the rest of the cast, a lot of them don't get much to do. uh, Mm -hmm. And it really becomes the the Picard, a little bit of Data, uh, Shinzon, a little bit of, uh, you know, Riker and Troy. But other than that, it's like the rest of the cast, like it's nothing to do. You're saying a little bit, and that's astounding because you're really giving a lot of leeway there. And I love that for you. Uh, yeah it's it's kind of nothing dude <laughs> yeah um so yeah well, i guess let's get into the plot of this movie what actually happens in mm-hmm. this thing you know and i think it starts pretty well with a with a big opening scene right a big bang we get mm-hmm. the romulan senate now let's talk I, a little bit about the uh, romulans as a yeah 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 race oh totally um, mm-hmm. I do want to say my memory watching this as a kid, I did not understand that they were the Romulans, and I believed that the gargoyles were the Romulans the whole time. And did <laughs> no, those not, are the Remans, right? Uh, yeah. so absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Explain it now, right. please. But so, of course, the Romulans were invented for the 1966 OG episode, uh, The Balance okay, of Terror. Balance of Terror. Yeah, I just blanked on the name. I was preparing. No worries. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're hosting. Uh, you're you're crushing. You got all yeah. these facts. Yeah, I can number. Balance I'll be your number of Terror, one. which if you remember, Colin, Strange New Worlds. I'll be your that Great episode where <laughs> it sort of retells the the events of that episode. Yes, yes, incredible. Through, through Pike's eyes, kind of. Um, and that's the and so the Romulans were introduced. Now, obviously, they were uh, sort of based on. Uh, ancient rome right what would the romans be like if they existed today as like an alien species that's what the romulans were supposed to be that's why they have like a senate you know the the roman senate opening and landscape incredible yeah, yeah and they wanted so they were ex- somewhat based empire, on the yeah. yeah they're based on the romans they were also sort of an agu- analogy for the soviet union right again we're getting into the cold war uh, which is a big deal for many years, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was kind of their thing. They had this Iron Curtain, the uh, neutral zone between Federation and Romulan space. Romulans were this species that everyone knew of, but no one had ever seen a picture of and all this stuff. They were very secretive, very mm-hmm. isolated, and it's very Cold War, right? Yeah. Um, and so, as like, we find out, there's a few spies. They do, you know, it's a lot of that, that kind of energy. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And so they live on the home planet of Romulus. I guess there's another planet next to it called Remus. Romulus and Remus, of course, a reference to the brothers who founded Rome back in the day. You know, the legend of the founding of Rome. Raised by the Mm she-wolf. Romulus kills his brother, Remus, and then founds the ancient city of Rome. Mm -hmm. Now, why an alien species would have planets named after human uh, legend, I don't know, but well, it's a little you know, bit of Apollo's children, much. right? Like the, the Greek gods and stuff were mm. just aliens that wanted to be, according to TOS, yeah, yeah. they just wanted to have people worship them. They found this planet called Earth where everybody was stupid. They're like, they'll think I'm a god here, right? You know, that's kind that of what could went be. On. And Romulus yeah. and Remus of legend, their father was the Roman god Mars, mm. yeah, out of war. So Apollo uh, has shown up as just an alien. So who knows? Uh, yeah, could let be. us know. Um, <laughs> so we have these planets, Romulus and Remus. The Remans are these Nosferatu-looking motherfuckers, like you said. 
mm -hmm. uh, who are kind of subjugated by the Romulans and, and forced to do labor in the mines and stuff and treated as like second class citizens, essentially. Um, and the Remans had really never been delved into in Star Trek before this mm -hmm. movie. So that's very interesting. Romulans, that's their I little feel twist. Like, yeah. Romulans, I also feel like have been underutilized through a lot of Star Trek. You know, obviously Klingons were more popular and then you have the Borg and the Dominion, but Romulans are kind of always there lurking in the background. And I do like when they focus on them, like in TNG and that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And it's kind of funny because the next movie we're going to talk about also features. I was going Romulans. to say, it's yeah, so yeah. interesting that you say that considering my Star Trek movie experience going uh, as a young man was like Eric seeing Bonner. too many Romulans as hey, bad guys what? in films back to back. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Once again, we can't escape a bald bad guy who's Romulan, who's a miner. The mining, yeah. man. <laughs> Actually, like... when you think about it, like I didn't realize how much. It'll Eric never Bana's work. Like, character is just like Shinzon again. Basically. It's just he's yeah, just a Romulan instead of a human. It's very similar. He even has like a crazy ship like him. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Which again informs what the Shrike looks like in Picard. All, all these pointy yeah. ships anyway. That's right. Um, wow. Romulans are under underused, I think. You know, they make they return yeah. in Picard season, season one mostly. Um, but yeah, a good set of villains. And anytime, that... yeah, anytime they focused on them in TNG, it was interesting. Like when they would have... They had the when when uh, Spock yeah, became infiltrate. an ambassador and uh, was trying to make peace with the Romulans. Of course, the Vulcans and the Romulans are like distant cousin species. That's why they both have pointy ears and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Romulans just a very interesting angle where there's like secretive race that no one knows much about. They live on the other side of this neutral zone, and they've mm -hmm. just been in cold war with the Federation for like hundreds of years. Yep. And I do like the introduction of the Remans and the idea of their planet. It, it doesn't spin on its axis. It has a completely dark side. The sun facing side is mm. too hot. And it's like they have to live underground and in the dark, you know, so that's why they look like vampires. Like, that's cool. Like that, that is additive yeah. to, I think, the world of Star Trek, the Remans. I like that species. I like the idea of like, we're always yeah, it was in the interesting. dark. They yeah. look cool. Yeah. Now, and uh, again, here's my experience where we're, we're mm -hmm. um, we're just watching this. We're, we're introduced to what the Remans look like. Now, I out loud say, having not uh, rewatched this in many years, not looked up a cast list beforehand, I go, oh, Ron Perlman's in this? That's great. <laughs> yeah, That's amazing yeah. that you're able to identify him under this How can you makeup? not? <laughs> Hellboy himself steps out and you go, oh, yeah. yeah, that's Hellboy's face. I know that face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Beauty and the Beast. Like, you could just, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> the Beast, Mike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. incredible. Ron Perlman playing Shinzon's buddy, his Remen yeah. buddy. No name. Just, no, his, just his Viceroy. Yeah, his, yeah. Viceroy, his Viceroy. Yeah. You're exactly right. But the way this movie starts, right? We go, we see the Romulan mm -hmm. Senate. They're all holding a, a, a meeting. And uh, basically, this weapon goes off and the entire Romulan Senate is killed, assassinated, right? Turned to stone. Big opening event to set off this movie yeah yeah big deal i like the opening too i'm like okay we have some political intrigue Rom romulan's always good for that you know a little bit of backstabbing yeah. subterfuge happening okay who's behind it like i I'm, I'm okay with how we start this movie out and i do like it especially after insurrection where that felt like so like oh small stakes like it's just about this one planet that like why why do we even care now it's like oh the romulans okay this is good we're kicking things off right it's going to be Political real star intrigue. we're having yeah. a coup there seems of some to be kind. something going on yeah totally yeah. you could totally picture in your head the crew being pulled into this mm -hmm. so i'll say it 
off the top, like I think this movie has some interesting ideas, but maybe the execution isn't always the best. And I think that's what holds it back because it could have been good, but the execution kind of makes it yeah. fall flat at times. Um, so we are introduced to our main villain. Uh, wait, are we even introduced to Shinzon yet or do we cut to... I think we go to a wedding, which I yes. also like this wedding sequence. It's it's fine. Like we, It's a good way to reintroduce it's for an audience screenwriting. I think it works better for me than the boat. You know, yeah. when they All the getting a promotion. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, so we cut know. to uh, Will Riker and Deanna Troy's wedding. Because as you remember in Insurrection, they rekindled their romance on the planet that makes you live forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're now getting married finally after many years of sort of on again, off again romance. Uh, and Patrick or John Luke Picard giving a speech as the best man. Uh, we see, you know, we look out in the crowd. We see our old friend Guinan. We see uh, Wesley, young Wesley, yeah, non-speaking cameo in this wedding scene. They threw, they threw him a little bone. Will Wheaton said, "Here you go." He got done I traveling the universe with a traveler, man. and just was like, Why? "I'll go to the wedding." Yeah, I don't right. Know either, and I, I feel weird when I see him interviewing the current cast too, talking about how exciting is it to be back at Strange New World season two, and and like they're like, yeah. "It's just great." And I just see like the the life leaving his body every time he hears or like in the enjoying. Being yeah, what in the about show. you? Will? Picard season three, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. they recast. They basically recast me with a new son that Picard has. That's yeah. Beverly Crusher's new son." Uh, but I can't come back. Yeah. No, but he showed well, up to the wedding. Going, yeah. going to wedding was important enough for him to stop going with the traveler, but like <laughs> world ending stakes with his family. Right. Meeting no. his half brother. Yeah. Not important Not enough. Important. Yeah. Kind of like having the director who did the last movie sitting right next to you while you're directing this. A little <laughs> awkward, but uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. The wedding scene. Continues. So Riker and Troy getting married. Uh, John Lee Picard gives a nice speech. Data Sings a little song, you know, blues mm-hmm. guys. You know? Heard that, yep. Uh, and everyone's, you know, doing great. And yeah. uh, we learned that, you know, they're about to go, or they're going to Beta Zed, which is uh, Deanna Troy's home planet for a traditional Beta Zed wedding ceremony mm-hmm. in which they all have to be naked. And Warp's yep. very against that idea. Uh, it's a never well, new. Honestly, that would be kind of weird if you had to just go with all your coworkers to a wedding and you all had to be naked. Yeah, be yeah, one hundred percent into it. There would <laughs> yeah. be no issues here for Harambe. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, sure. for Harambe, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I work with Harambe. But while mm-hmm. en route to Beta Z, they get a transmission from an old friend, Admiral Janeway. Uh, Kate mm-hmm. Mulgrew in a little cameo, which I love. Yep. Uh, of course, the the captain of the USS Voyager. Uh, Admiral she says, "Yeah, Admiral Janeway." Uh, which I do wonder what happened to her between now and uh, Picard season three, because was she just there at that battle, and was she killed by her younger crew after they were turned into Borg? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, was she at that okay. battle or not? <laughs> I don't know about any of that. Can I ask my own separate question? Is yes. DS9 still ongoing? And is Worf's excuse for being here just this wedding? And, and like, you know, nobody else needed to come. He doesn't have anywhere yeah. else to go. So DS9 had ended by this point. Um, Voyager oh. was almost like Voyager was ending this year and Enterprise was starting. So, oh. um, you know, think I'm about sorry, 2002. I said that before. That's wild. Yeah. 
yeah, DS9 ended in the late 90s. Uh, yeah. Voyager was kind of ongoing, but Voyager had just ended, basically. So Voyager had come back to Earth. Um, so Worf can literally just be like, I don't know, I'm here. Don't worry about it. Jedzia yeah, well, they home. made well, they did make excuses anymore, in the last two movies, or they made explanations. Yeah. In this one, I guess they shot a deleted scene because at the end of DS9, he was made. Uh, so, so Martok, General Martok, became the new Chancellor of the Klingons, and Worf was made the Klingon ambassador to the humans. I think. Wow. So he was he was an ambassador, uh, and there was a scene mm-hmm. they shot where he was like, "Oh, like the diplomatic life didn't suit me" or something. Uh, so that was his explanation for why he was back, but that's kind of just. Uh, yeah. I'm glad they cut that. Yeah, yeah. So I guess he's just here for the wedding, but he's also back on the Enterprise. Well, he's um, going to the Betazoid one, even though he doesn't want to be naked. He's like, I gotta go to support him. Like shit. I'll, yeah. If you're driving, I'll ride with you. Yeah. Right. So they get a transmission. Admiral Janeway says, "Well, so there's a new." Uh, Romulan Praetor named Shinzon, and he wants to meet with you. Uh, so we're sending you to Romulus to Romulus to start some peace talks. Obviously, this had been a goal of the Federation for a long time to try to make peace with the Romulans. Um, and who better to send than Jean-Luc Picard, the greatest diplomat in the Federation? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. He gets all the easy assignments, she says. Um, yeah. That, mm. that's, yeah, we got to go. Who is this new Praetor? Why has there been a, she says, yeah, a shakeup in the, you know, the government? And, all right, new leadership. I guess we should talk to whoever's in charge over there. Yeah. See what they want. Now, also while this is happening, we get our other plot thread, which is the data plot, uh, where we they, they get a transmission. They're like, this transmission could only come from an android, like Data, basically. Positive so they go to this planet, uh, and this is where we get the mm-hmm. extraneous dune buggy action scene uh, <laughs> that just seems like Patrick Stewart was like, hey, what if there's a scene where I drove a dune buggy and it just became Mad Max for a little bit, mm-hmm. and we shot some guys on a planet, we picked up some pieces of a, an android, and uh, it'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some reason, yeah, they get down there, they find a B4, you know, a, another data head, and like, okay, and then as soon as they pick it up in their little dune buggy, here's 10 more dune buggies to chase. And yeah. We gotta, we gotta... And they announced this new, it's called the Argo, and we're gonna test drive the Argo, which is apparently now the Enterprise has a dedicated dune buggy for all its <laughs> missions yeah. where they'll need a dune buggy. Uh... But it just seems like a really un-Star Trek thing to just have a a thing with four wheels like that this seems like is outdated this is the moment where i'm like yeah oh galaxy quest 2 rules and then i'm like oh this isn't galaxy quest 2 oh, yeah no. no and they literally um, have a mounted machine gun on the back that Worf starts shooting it's yeah. great well the fact that you bring it down in a shuttlecraft that can fly over any terrain anyway right right it seems kind of useless it's so but unnecessary argo is the brand yeah, yeah. of actual off-road vehicles Oh, really? Too. And That's so I, cool. they oh. may have built this specifically for this thing That's and just call it the Argo. It's worse, isn't it? It's so worse. Argo was like, we'll pay you $100,000 if you call it the Argo. Yeah, yeah. Even so, the shuttlecraft was the Argo. So they have one craft that just yeah. takes the dune buggy down. It's like a trailer for, for your Very stupid. dirt bike. Very stupid. Um, and uh, yeah, so Patrick Stewart, like all of a sudden, I love driving dune buggies. I'm going to drive this. Uh, we're going to pick up these pieces of Android. They go back to the Enterprise. They put them together. They realize, oh, I am B4. He's a prototype that uh, Dr. Soong made before making data. So he's like just a, a dumb guy who doesn't know anything, who keeps asking, 
questions, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's before data was made before lore. That's why he's called B4, right? Very B4. clever. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah, great. Um, how, uh, many, how many other datas are out there? There's those three, and that's it. And then he had a daughter named Lol that was like his yeah. daughter. <laughs> data with a wig. No, yeah. no, no. It was like a. He gave his child the Brent, Brent Spider and a tutu. I <laughs> know oh, okay. that that's how they yeah. would have done it, but yeah, yeah, that's a whole TNG thing. But um, the, the what's I don't even know why we have B four. Like, how does it factor into the plot? It's, what is the point of this? This is that's just, not revealed until later, and it right doesn't well, make sense later. when it is revealed. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the yeah. thing. It feels so thinly veiled to. When or the reaction to Wrath of Khan, where look, mm, mm. we're getting out of this thing, like we're losing one of our actors. Okay, I'm, I'm not sticking around. And an executive going like, put in this thing that's like a fail-safe way for us to get around this thing you want to do, just in case. Well, that's yeah. exactly right because. It's if they were going to make a fifth movie and Brett Spiner confirmed this, they were going to bring data back as oh, before just worst. taking over B4's body and sublimating his personality. Basically. Why? Oh man. <laughs> it's just, and it, yeah. man, and they do that in Picard where it's like, we're going to give you a new body, but then yeah. it's just you again. It's like, Why? so in Picard, he, Let but he know. has all the different personalities. So he, at one point he's like, now I'm B4. Now at the I'm end of Picard. What, yeah, what does he yeah. do? What is <laughs> he do? Everyone. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> he starts Brent singing. Spiner. That's what he does. No. That's the thing. He loves playing wacky roles. Like they bring him back as different yeah. soon relatives so many times. They bring him back in Enterprise. Mm -hmm. Bring him back in Picard. Like it's great. But And they're increasingly um, unhinged. So yeah we, yeah, we get B4. It's a little, I don't know. Is it like Wrath of Khan where it's like, Chekhov goes down. Oh shit! There's, you know, I I don't know. It, it has shades well, yeah, of that, like, like an away mission to yeah. build up to our threat. I guess I don't know. That's but then you're thing, thinking, though. like, what does this have to do with the Romulans and Shinzon? Like, this seems so random. Why are we not and going then, where we're supposed to go? One, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the writing I'm frustrated with so the structure. Bad. Anyway, you sorry. saying he gets the call first, and then this other thing. I couldn't place what the series of events were that lead through this. Yeah, and I don't even know if I'm if that's the correct order, but it just kind of right. all happens at once. So they get the robot, they get the android, Messy. they go. Let's to, go. To Why? Okay. Um, yeah, I guess because they they you know wanted to see what was out there. Of course, uh, that was all you know. As we later, a trap set by Shinzon. Blah blah blah. We're skipping ahead. Let's go to Romulus. So they show up to Romulus. They're like, mm -hmm. all right, we're going to meet with this new Praetor, Shinzon. Uh, oh, so, I do love this scene. <laughs> yeah. So like, they show up. At first, they think, why? you know, first person they meet is Ron <laughs> so Perlman, extra. the, the Reman. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, you must be Shinzon. He's like, no, I'm just a viceroy, blah, blah, blah. I am a viceroy. And so yeah. then they meet Shinzon. Now, it's like a dark scene, right? He's walking down these steps. They're like, oh, we don't like the sunlight because blah, blah, blah. Right? Like you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, vampires, yeah. Yeah. So they have this. Have big... you noticed? We're vampires. <laughs> Um, and so they meet Shinzon. Uh, he knows their names already. He's like, blah, blah, blah. I know all of you. They turn mm -hmm. up the lights and it's a young, bald Tom Hardy, right? I know that you really because is so I'm by... one of you. Yeah. He has like yeah. light prosthetics, I think, to look more like Patrick mm. Stewart. But Patrick Stewart really has to sell like, I'm looking at myself. 
Like he, yeah, he I was gonna say their approach to casting was like as long as he's bald and has a British accent, people yeah. think he's young Picard. Yeah. That's all he. But needs. his teeth are super fucked up. No, no, don't worry about yeah, that. It's it the British matter. way, it's like Picard. It's <laughs> yeah. just like yeah. Picard. But um, I like that it's really dark. Things like raise the lighting by three levels. Like it's so like moody yeah. and extra. He's got this opalescent suit. It's like what? Are yeah, you doing? he's wearing all this like leather. Like, he's the Green Goblin. Yeah, very edgy. Yeah. purple and green. The purple yeah. Goblin. Yeah. Um, and again, and Tom like, Hardy. All, yeah. Um, sort of an unknown actor at this point, but starting to break out in in small parts. Do you know who they wanted also before Tom Hardy? Hmm. Uh, well, they were they really wanted an unknown name. But they were thinking about Jude Law. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Another young British actor at the time. Uh, and I could see that, you know. But I love the Tom Hardy of it all because, as you know, Normies, I love Tom Hardy. I love how unhinged he is in so many roles, how the crazy accents, mm-hmm. the affectations. In this, he's kind of playing a young Picard. He's not really like picard at all like he doesn't act like picard he's just doing his own thing but he's a very well you know, villainous guy. yeah but yeah. the real jean luc's take on it is if you're a clone of me you'll basically act exactly like me and i could just like yell at you and like bully you into doing the things i would which i kind of disagree is not like the nurture versus nature of it all yeah Jean-Luc. which i think right. that's what they're trying to play with this whole thing's like nature versus nurture. Like we see, yes, like before well, trying to develop into something, we see how you could become yes. an evil version. We literally have yes. Romulus and Remus metaphor. And, well, and yes, that's beautiful. And Mike, I definitely want to point this poorly. out and just say, like, it is, it is, but <laughs> exactly. But they in started the there. um compendium of interesting things. There's also this very clear development of Jean Luc Picard is his own greatest enemy. It's something that's been explored of like. La mm. cutest versus Jean-Luc, right? This sort of like mm-hmm. internal struggle that he has. What if we just fucking drop all pretense and just say like, it's him versus him? Like, like what yeah. does it matter, right? Well, and there's there is something this cool running... about that. Yeah. Yeah. In the show, there was this running theme of young Picard was too impulsive, too brash, mm-hmm. too Shatner-like almost where he that's was That's why just... he has a fake heart. He got yes, stabbed. Yes, there's the episode that. where he almost oh. died in a like a bar fight. And he gets Basically, in a bar fight, heart. he gets stabbed. Yeah, like yeah. he's that brash as a kid. Yeah, yeah. So he was just take me to the future where I can get stabbed in the heart and survive it, please. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's kind of he's like yeah. So as you know, and he talks about it a little bit with yeah. His, he Beverly has his backstory. It's tragic, right? Yeah. He was supposed to be a clone for Picard to eventually replace Picard in Starfleet. It was going to be this yes. whole thing. So this then, was yeah, yeah. It was a Romulan scheme and i like this because this is very cold war where we knew you know soviet union they had sleeper cells living in america that were like doing spy stuff right Mm -hmm. so this is like if they had cloning technology you can assume that the soviets would have cloned like jfk or whatever and and like try to install him it's like a sci-fi it's a stretch but it's like yeah you you would of course do that if the technology was sufficiently capable of that right you try to like that idea candidate yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, well, what happened? Well, different leadership came out and they didn't they didn't like the plan. So they they you know, they canceled it and they just sent me to the Riemann mines uh, and they just kind of forgot yeah. about me. What's me your tragic backstory? Funding was cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. They just cut his program and said, uh, well, he was young. So they said, hey, he's a minor. Send him over there. Right. Dude. He's a miner, make him a miner. <laughs> yeah. Put him in the mine. Yeah. So. Exactly. Enemy. That's mine. a galaxy quest. Uh, 
Galaxy <laughs> Quest joke, right? Right, right, right. Not miners, miners. And this is a Galaxy said, Quest too. I already told they you just that. leaned into yeah. it. Yeah. So he was he found a guy to protect him in the mine, took him under his wing. That would become his his uh, viceroy, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman took uh, uh, pity Nostradamus on him. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for some reason he has like psychic powers, maybe, and that's a thing that he can do uh, once ever. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, yeah. Not um, crazy explained, but um. Yeah, so his yeah. whole thing is like he wanted revenge against the Romulans for fucking making Remans second-class citizens for abandoning him as a clone. He's all pissed off, so he's trying to tell Picard, like, "Look, man, I got no beef with you, dude. We're cool. Like, I just, I'm, I'm just a leader now because they were, they were being mean. All right, like that's right. the game that he's trying to sell. Uh, the yeah, line. at first he's kind of being friendly with them. His ultimate plan is kind of stupid. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. make a lot of sense. Like. Somehow he convinced the Romulan military to back him, convinced them that they had to kill the entire Romulan Senate for his plan to work. And then he would take over as the head of Romulus. And the ultimate plan is to destroy the Federation. Uh, for what reason? Why? Like, <laughs> and what he also, beef does he have with the Federation? I don't know. Yeah, it's like they didn't send DNA to the Romulans and say make a clone and abandon it. I don't know why he's upset with the Federation. I know he needs like a blood transfusion yeah. too. Like he's sick or something yeah. and he needs Picard. Yeah, we to tie that stuff in. So but this that is what happened. So when they yeah. created the clone, they created him so he would age faster than normal so they could skip, so they could age him up to Picard's age for the, the right. plan. So he would like skip 30 years of his life. But because... He didn't. He, they didn't activate it or something. So he's now dying because the cells are like decaying at a rapid rate, and he needs mm-hmm. a blood trans. He needs like a full blood transfusion from Picard, you know, to get the. He's the only DNA match, right? Right. Which still doesn't. That doesn't lead into. Also, I want to destroy the Federation. It's very messy, yeah. and I, I. I was like so confused about what is his motivation. Like after, like I was. I was kind of okay with the coup in that. It's like okay, this is kind of different. That is, he was oppressed. Oh, I like all of it. And and yeah. Jacob, I don't even have an issue with the military backing him. That is such a Castro, you know, like hey, this general kind of like Curry's favor, and now the people in the government are like horrified of him, where it's like oh, uh-oh. and the Remans like, are known good warriors too it's like he's got his own troops too like right but the romulans just being like oh we're gonna let this guy that we like abused for like years in the ream and mines like take over and run things just imagine these politicians not wanting to blow shit up and the military being like no we will back whoever says blow shit up yeah yeah that's true see who backs see who's backing who in real life so like jesus really i guess his whole plan is uh you know we're gonna destroy the federation uh, I need Picard's blood so I don't die. So we're going to kidnap him, take all his blood. And guess what? I've set this B4 trap because somehow we got our hands on this B4 prototype. Okay. <laughs> so we just put it on this random planet because we knew the Enterprise would go investigate it. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm thinking, like, what? Why. Yeah. yeah. It's like these storylines are tied together. Like a woman called me earlier and said I should come shake your hand. Like, that's why I'm here. I, this, <laughs> this robot means nothing to me. And like you meet him and he cuts yeah. his hand and gives you the knife and says, I think you'll want that. It's like, this guy's weird, yeah. dude. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Mirrors and echoes, bro. You're weird. Um, so his whole master plan was basically to kidnap Picard so he could take his blood. Mm. Um, but before that happens, he's going to pretend like he just wants peace with the Federation. They're going to have some scenes together. 
Meanwhile, back on the Enterprise, the crew's trying to figure out what B4 has to do with all this, and they discover this this Tholian, uh, uh, or th- what was it called? Radiation? Tholian radiation? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Space radiation. Yeah, so, radiation. So yeah. here's Techno the, babble. They yeah, very yeah. neatly have to go like, okay, so the radiation that used was the weapon that killed the Senate. Okay, it was also on this robot. And also... It's from the ship and the ship is something that's like, like you guys said, like a big, cool thing. That's like a weapon put of mass together and it looks like, like every yeah. weapon, like rolled mm-hmm. in like Katamari Damascus. It's got a bunch of like, points. It's, got, like, it's called the every, scimitar. It's like sharp and it's like, yeah, yeah like the name's bad. And you just get this idea that the, again, whether it's like a note or truly, because I don't want to put these decisions on John Logan because they're so like basic, but like just him being like, so like the guy's sick. What if the ship was sick too, and it like like leaked radiation? You're like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I Again, guess. this is the guy that wrote Gladiator two years yeah. before this, and then would go on to write The Aviator two years after this. Wow, wild. I don't and know. He did a <laughs> bunch of drugs in between. Like he went yeah. to rehab, and this was like his like work study there. Like I'll just I'll sweat the drugs out. I'll write a Star Trek. But again, it just seems his... like yeah, it's all from it's all like. Rick Berman and like these people in charge of Star Trek saying we need like something cool, like something the kids will like, you know, this is the 2000s. This is not the nineties anymore. We need something to, like to hook the wow. kids. It's got to look cool. It's got to look like a PlayStation three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got to be edgy. He's got to be wearing fucking black leather, crazy costumes and stuff. Like that's just what it feels like, you know? Yeah. He's cutting his hand open. And I mean, I guess it's also, what do we have the other crew members do? Because it is very Picard data, so, so there that that's what they have to do. And I guess, and again, I'm I'm tuning out at points. Like it's really hard to focus at this point. And I guess the radiation leak is what helps them detect them because they can't. They're cloaked always. So in the space battle, right. they, they're able to track yeah. with radiation. It's kind of like right. another version of the nebula from Khan. You know, their sensors don't work right. And that's a whole thing. Right. But, well, so yeah, the, so Picard. Yeah, Picard has a scene with Shinzon where they're like, Shinzon, like, we just want to make peace with the Federation stuff. Picard wants to believe him, but then they, he goes back to the Enterprise. They're like, we found this, like, Tholian radiation particles. He's like, well, that's odd. Uh, let's look into that. Like, I want to believe the Shinzon guy, but he seems very villainous and menacing, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> he's presenting as villain, bro. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like He really is. And then meanwhile, villain. B4 is like, what are feet? It's <laughs> like like yeah. that's what we're supposed to be liking, opposed to spending any Am time with the too people many you want to see. Yeah, yes, yeah. just a guy that says why a bunch and doesn't understand why? anything. Why? Why? Um, but then ultimately, so wish I could tell. Uh, Shinzon enacts his big plan, which is to beam Picard from the Enterprise to his ship, where he's going to drain all his blood. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and we find out that B four was his trap that he was able to hack the enterprise basically and get you know all their info about ship positions and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh but then we see double reverse trap uh picard plays his double reverse uno card and nice. it turns out data was pretending to be b4 wasn't on B4. the scimitar it was data uh, <laughs> you fool <laughs> yeah so they oh. break out of the scimitar and now they're like okay Shinzon definitely a bad guy he's going to blow up the Federation. We need to get back to the Federation and warn them. So they take off. Scimitar starts following them. Like you said, it's cloaked, so they don't know where it is and stuff. And that's mm-hmm. when this whole space battle stuff starts happening. They get caught in this rift, the the 
the Basan Rift or whatever. Yeah. Uh, another, like, yeah, another anomalous area of space. Yeah. yeah. Like the Briar Patch from his Insurrection, right? Yeah, or whatever like, the oh, stuff was in the There's some green Picard. stuff going on, and uh, you can't, can't, the communications can't go through it because of this rift. Yeah, we can't contact the Federation. We got to, we got to deal with this ourselves, I guess, at this point. We got yeah, yeah I guess that's what all this is set up for. I, otherwise, I, yeah, again, I have no wild um, meanwhile some of the romulans are starting to think like hey maybe the shinzon guy is like crazy and like probably shouldn't be our leader mm-hmm. uh so they contact the enterprise they're like hey we're sorry about all this we're, we want to help uh and then there's some space battle stuff uh yeah. and then picard crashes the enterprise rams the enterprise into the scimitar uh interesting move mm-hmm. yeah you he know ramming speed. the enterprise yeah. And then what? Mm-hmm. Ron Perlman and Jonathan Frakes fight. Like the ending of this, I'm just so like, I can't follow why things are happening. I know that they are. I just don't know why. Yeah. They certainly are happening. Mike. And this is the yeah. thing. What I'm saying is that like it sets up interesting ideas, but then by the by the last hour of this movie, it's it is sort of unwatchable. Where I was kind of just tuning out and started looking at my phone a bunch because it's just hard to pay attention. You're right. Mm-hmm. But it's just good not ideas. Like yeah. the idea of the coup, and then oh, I want peace. Like, and then but they also... take a potentially interesting villain in Shinzon, and then just make him more one-dimensional by the end of it, where he's just like, "Well, he's crazy, and he wants to destroy the Federation." Right, and yeah. even like okay. a Romulan citizen being like, "Hey, actually, we kind of don't like this guy, Picard. Like, you're right, he's bad, and yeah. we want to work with you. Like, that's a cool idea, and they just don't pay." pay off the cool ideas they just pay off yeah i forget what that actress's name is but she absolutely rules she's from Mm -hmm. uh, starship troopers and Mm -hmm. previously on this podcast johnny mnemonic (laughs) hey hey you're right nice dina meyer i think dina mayor dina meyer yeah yeah. dina meyer nice yeah so good ideas here but i'm but Mm -hmm. i am confused by the end like i i I, the whole end sequence data sacrifice so like what is what is yeah any of it so here's what happens so picard is like well, first, uh, Shinzon appears as a hologram in his office. They have awesome. another scene together. Scene rules. Yep. Yeah, he's I sitting like in his chair. Scene, yeah. Did he have a box yes. on his ship that sure. was the same height? Is, <laughs> it's a great question. That? Yeah. He anyway. pulls a Star Wars know. move that I often wonder, yes, which is mm-hmm. the interactive sitting down on a hologram where, where like it's like, Senate, what is yeah. going on? Right, yeah. right. I mean, they have, holo- they have box. pretty advanced hologram technology in Star Trek, right? Well, so, and he already yeah. had the specs, so he knew the exact height of the chair from the B4 subterfuge. Right. So he got the yeah, exact right. measurement, stacked a couple of newspapers. Sit and, me yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Also, Colin, I think you make a good point that uh, Shinzon is sort of a proto Kylo Ren in a lot of ways, where he's like, uh, edgy, you know, cool. this edgy villain that I like, you know? There, <laughs> yes. And obviously, I said before that he connects to a lot of films. Bane, you know, his background stands out. The Raised in Darkness, I Want Revenge mm. on the Hero, all that good yeah. stuff. There's this, this film is very 2000s in a lot of ways, Jacob. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I do love this scene together where he's like, you know, if you were, you know, if you lived my life, you'd be doing the exact same thing. And, Picard has to like question, like, is that true? Like you said, the nature versus nurture thing. But then he's mm-hmm. also like, well, if I'm a mirror of you, then you're you're a mirror of me. So like, I could show you that like you could actually live mm-hmm. a better life, you know. And Jean-Luc Picard would never gain pleasure from taking a life, let alone a planet's worth. I can't okay. change yeah. what I am. Yeah, like, that <laughs> yeah, stuff that's is good. good. Mike. That's that good. stuff is good. Yeah, he's some pretty good. pretty good lines too. And then he's just like. 
forget his last line before he signs off, but it's pretty, it's pretty dope. He just yeah, like up. them going toe to toe. Yeah, it is like the best stuff. And just to see him, like Tom Hardy, at least like not get completely like knocked out in the first round, so to speak. Yeah, like it's again, pretty impressive a work. Pretty yeah. much unknown actor at this time coming in and holding his own against Patrick yeah. Stewart with all yeah. these dual monologues. Yeah, I give him that. But the rest of the movie's boring. <laughs> Let's yeah. get to what happens to him because mm-hmm. I would yeah. argue if the chemistry equation for this film you're coming into as a gifted screenwriter like this man is, is literally going like, let's reverse engineer, let's make our own con. There's nobody in the canon, again, we've proven there is, Q, uh, mm-hmm. any of the many admirals, millions of enemies Jean-Luc Picard could face translated to film. I don't understand the why queen. they didn't do any of it, the board queen, which I guess yeah. they did. Yeah, whatever. One of the gulls um, for lights, sure. man. But but that they literally say instead, like, no, the only thing that could ever stand up against Jean-Luc Picard is another Jean-Luc Picard. Let's go for it. That's super fascinating. Why would you immediately erase that? Why would you give that up in this one film and have him be killed? That seems like mm. an incredible foil to keep around unless you know that this film franchise does not have further right. further existence in its future. Well, I- Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are trying to give Picard like his own con, uh, like a true rival. But I feel like he already had that with the Borg. Like the Borg are his con. Just first contact general. was but, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's never gonna. That's never gonna be the same though, because that's never mm. gonna be him facing an equal. That's gonna be him facing his greatest threat. And the whole thing mm. you want to see about the Sherlock Moriarty of Kirk mm. and Khan is the like. You thought you had me, but this. You thought you had me, but this. And that back and forth and back and forth. Which, you, you know, with the board queen, it's mainly like, I shot drone number six. I shot drone number 14. Yeah. Hey, Killed knock it out. Of my crew Get members. out of my head. Yeah. But he does end <laughs> yeah. up dealing with Shinzon in the same way that he dealt yeah. with the board queen. Where he's like, I need yes. to go alone and confront this yes. person. Uh, and Data's so going like, to help. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. So, so Picard it. wants to go alone and sacrifice himself. Data and Jordy, who's in on the plan, I guess, Data's like, let me go save Picard and then I'll sacrifice myself. So they shoot him. He fly, he jumps. Quick aside, quick aside, yeah. LeVar Burton looking sexy as hell, still visor mm. off. Please continue. He, yep, j- yep. he pulls a Guardian yes. 3, Jacob. He jumps in between the <laughs> ships touching each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, first of all, yeah, LeVar Burton, they should have realized a long time ago. Ah. Seeing his eyes just allow adds so much more to his acting, right? Like mm-hmm. acting, the human, the eyes are the soul, you know, the window to the human soul, right? Yeah, so to deny sure. his eyes for so long in the show was, I think, a big mistake. Um, but yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's he's doing good in this. Um, so Data, yeah, he jumped. There's like a hole in the ship. He jumps from ship to ship. Of does course, he's an android, three? so he can do that. Yeah, no, he does a guardian. He dies like Peter Quill. Yeah, well, does technically, Peter Quill does a, does we'll, a we'll Levar Burton, it. but. Right. Um, Very true. <laughs> and as so, of course, Picard confronts Shinzon. They kind of have a little fight, and then he ends up stabbing Shinzon. He has a villainous death scene. Uh, and so then Roland gets beat up by Riker. Go. Do you guys yeah. like any of this? Mm-mm. No. Well, that's the thing is like Shinzon starts out as like this cool, interesting villain, but then by the end of it, he just evolves to this very one note, lame kind of lamely executed villain where it's just like, I don't even care if you live or die. Like 
I like the transformation yeah. to sick and whiny, but if yeah. it carried the weight that it did in that introduction, Jacob, if he still was cunning and dangerous and stuff, he is not by this point. He's just like very weak and like he gets stabbed and he's like, that's not nice, daddy. And then he just like <laughs> dies and you're like, oh no. Yeah. An old man easily beats him in yes. a physical fight. <laughs> that, okay, here's a question. I think you mean you the think old you man. Mike, do you think you could physically overcome a, let's say, 10 years younger clone of you? <laughs> no, I don't no. think so. Yeah. Okay, I, Jacob, same question. No, probably not. And if I was like I was in, much in better my shape 60s 10 years ago. and my clone was in his 20s, then probably definitely no. Is yeah. the card supposed to be in his 60s? I was going to give him 40s. That's um, true. I don't know what well, he was. he's definitely older than 40s because he was okay. like... 40s when the show started. So, so let's right. say I'm Still. 33 then. Let me give it the difference he has then. I'll say a 30-year younger clone. So I have to yeah. fight a four-year-old. I think he must I have been in his 60s that. at this point because yeah, he's in I his guess 80s now, way. 20 yeah. years later. So if you think about that. Yeah. Um, but so he gets in a little fight, stabs him with a fucking piece of the wall or whatever mm-hmm. um also shinzon has a signature knife that we didn't mention that he's always fantastic kind of, <laughs> a poster you know it's always holding it very up. heavily marked heavily used very in the heavily marketed and yet the rest of the poster is just picard and data's face just the two of them that sucks that fucking mm. sucks yeah and and uh, so i, I want to mention while well, you're saying other people didn't have much to do like the postering right yes they do have like one moment that is like the worst thing in any Star Trek past Sub Rosa, and it's this stuff with Troy. They like psychically do some yes violation of you know yes. rights, and that then it, a very they pay it scene. off by her fucking using her brain to find the ship. I think that's the dumbest thing in this entire screenplay. One, it was. Yeah. that's so, terrible what they did to Deanna Troy. So the Ron Perlman Remus Reman character, like I mm-hmm. mentioned, has some kind of psychic powers. I don't know if all Remans are psychic or just this one has psychic powers, but he's during a love scene between Riker and Troy, he like invades her mind and like psychically rapes her, basically. It's very messed up. And then he also uses psychic powers to like calm Tom Hardy down and like ease his pain. Oh like, yeah. That's right. You know, when he puts his right. hand on him and stuff. So I don't oh, know that's why right. that's, yeah. any of that is in the movie. Totally like, what is unnecessary. that movie? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's terrible. And like, <laughs> very dumb. Yeah, they've done stuff with like Crusher too that's shitty and Sub, Sub Rosa or whatever. But like, yeah. Wow. Again, Rick Berman. Terrible. Uh, you know, not a great guy and made a lot of uh, bad choices in terms of like dealing with women in Star Trek and stuff. So thank God, you know, that era is over. That part of that era, anyways, the nineties, yeah, two thousands, yeah, really, yeah, totally unnecessary. Um, and this, there's supposedly thirty minutes cut out of this movie. Like that should have been some of the first shit to get cut out. It really doesn't. There do was anything. a lot of cut out of this movie. <sighs> it was I would be much, interested to know what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Very much details, re-edited but... in post and trying to save the movie. I guess trying to make it a workable well, you, movie. You know who they should have got to do that? Stuart Baird. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, can you fix this? fix this movie, not make this movie? Well, then we had a specialist. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, my my theory is that Stuart Baird, his favorite scene to shoot was probably the dune buggy scene. Yeah, there's probably a lot of time doing that. It, so. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's um, not a Star but, Trek movie if we don't just go an hour outside of L.A. to the desert, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's mandatory. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Picard is on this ship, uh, the scimitar that is about to blow up, I guess. He's, he's sort of accepted that he's going to sacrifice himself to save the crew of the Enterprise. All of a sudden, Data shows up and is like, sorry, Captain, puts this thing on him, transports him back to the Enterprise. We get a Guardians ship blows up. 2. We mm. get a Yondu and a Peter. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Wow. Big fans of uh, Nemesis, apparently. Yeah. So uh, Picard shows about back on the Enterprise, and he's like, Data, no, I'm so sad. And everyone's very sad because Data explodes. Mm-hmm. And then and they're all mourning, sits there looking at the wall. Turn, and they hear a big yes. fart who says, what's a Data? They're like, before. Uh, my brother is dead? Yeah, um, we just undercut this entire thing. Yeah, and then obviously Picard, this is still weighing on him 20 years later because in season one of Picard, he's like still super broken up about Data sacrificing himself for him. Right. Uh, you know, sure. which is a whole when other thing. Whenever uh, he would think about that in the show, like I know it's Nemesis, but I just kept thinking, oh, that's how First Contact ends. And I just kept thinking, oh, yes, mm. First Contact is when Data dies. Um well, they well, almost again, did do it season first. That's one, what I mean. He, he, yeah. he doesn't say the words like, and it was Shinzon who did that. And some <laughs> old guy's like, oh, yes, Shinzon. They literally had to say the proper noun. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Shinzon. Yeah. Remember when there was that clone of me that was the like in so, charge of the Romulan? Who's got clones now? Riker has a random clone. 30, 50. But what, oh, yeah. How old would Shinzon be if he was still alive? <laughs> Margaret, 49. God, I miss Shinzon. He asked his Romulan yeah. wife, wow. and she's like, yeah, that, that was a tumultuous period for us after Shinzon yeah. took over. That wasn't oh, really great. Don't <laughs> say my son's name. Like, oh, it's Jim right. Picard. Yeah, yeah wild. He, he, t- he tells his Romulan maid that he started dating at the end of season two. No, of don't tell me these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're Romulan, right? You like this story. So I have a Romulan son who, you you remember how some of you are vampires? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, remember when there's a government uh, coup yeah. that happened? They no, killed the whole I, Senate. I, that was my yeah, son. I, I'm sorry, of course, this I was before your whole planet that. blew up and all that right. stuff. You have but, that yeah. holiday. What's it called? It's called, uh, that's uh, right, Shinzon, Shinzon Day. Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was like 10 <laughs> years yeah. old when that happened. Named for my son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Data sacrificed himself. Everyone's sad. Uh, then we get another one last scene where Picard is in his office talking to B4. And he's like, you'll never understand like what your brother meant. Like you're basically a piece of shit compared to he, data. He basically <laughs> says, Hey, before, do you think we'll make another one of these? And before like a magic eight ball is like, odds be. not in your favor. <laughs> no, but then he starts singing blue skies. Yeah. The song that data was singing that's at the beginning right. of the movie. And yeah, that's right. little Season hope three of Picard. Uh, and then we also find out, you know, Riker is taking a, taking a promotion to become the captain of the Titan. This Which is course, the real setup, right? This is the real. This is the open ended of like, if we do a fifth movie, Riker will be captain of the, the Titan, and it was continued in the books, uh, the extended universe books, uh, mm-hmm. of which there are many, and then even in uh, you know Picard season three, the Titan is the ship that we see the most of in Picard season three, and that's mm-hmm. uh, Riker's former command. So wow, yeah, all ties he gets together. To take that over again from Shaw, yeah. So. Some of the stuff they could have done, they eventually did, and it was good. But this, this, 
boy. Before we get into our quiz, it's just like, man, they, they had some good ideas, but it's just not it. It's just not it, Chief. Like Exactly. Man. But again, I'll say my second favorite TNG movie after everything that I said about it, because Why? I'll take this, you know, I'll take the edginess and early 2000s-ness of this over the blandness of Insurrection or Generations, because I just think those movies, they're just kind of boring. Yeah. And this movie, at least... It was boring at times, but it was also had some interesting ideas that I liked. So I just I don't put think it above either two. three of these films are watchable. Honestly, yeah. I it's, only again, it's not a high bar. Context. Yeah, <laughs> it's my second favorite TNG movie, but it's not a high bar, right? Yeah, no, not at all. So <laughs> this movie is my nemesis. But how um, would you yes. rank of the four? How would you rank them? First Contact, number one. Yeah, and that's a great question because we're wrapping up here. Our thoughts on. TNG. So again, if there's anything you guys want to say uh, before we get into the quiz about like the your long-standing relationships with Picard and you know these specific characters, I'll say, guys, they never became more than coworkers for me. I brought this up in the last episode. This is not my family. My family mm. is a Scottish man who says <laughs> that you know he's going to beam me up, or it's a cantankerous doctor who tells mm-hmm. me that like things aren't looking good, Colin. And I go, that's great. It's, um, yeah. I, I don't know. And if I had to rank these, I really came into these ones going like, this is the down period. This is the middle area between my two favorite time zones. Let's see if I can mine any new joy or happiness or content out of this. I got to say, I maybe came away with it with the opinion of like, oh, first contact's not terrible. But again, my opinion really is that I'll mm. say all four really aren't tremendously watchable. But I'll go yeah. first contact, generations, and then this is where it gets muddy and where it's like, <laughs> do I concede to your argument, Jacob, or do I, <laughs> I lean the other way? And I will take the blandness of insurrection over this because – I think this is just more of a sin on my senses where it's like watching and I'm like, oh, I don't really like how it looks. I don't really like the score. The editing's off. The screenplay's like bad. No, I don't it's like Jerry any Goldsmith. of it. I, I don't like any of it. Classic. This one, dog. None of this one works. So wow. how, about, how about you, Mike? Um, yeah, I love Doom Buggy. So this is the best one, I think. Okay, so number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's... it's Number one over Doom the Buggies other sure. Star Trek films, you said. Yeah, <laughs> all of over all of them. Oh. No, First Contact, Generations, I'm with you. And then Insurrection and Nemesis. At least Insurrection, it felt like a average episode of Star Trek Generation, but it felt like Star Trek Next Generation. This is just like a bad thing that makes me feel bad sure. when I watch it. <laughs> um, That's fair. That's fair. For me... Very different take from Colin because this is like between 87 when TNG starts and 2005 when Enterprise ends. That's my favorite era of Star Trek just in general. Mm -hmm. You had TNG, you had DS9, Voyager, Enterprise. You had some of the later OG movies, of course, and then you had the TNG movies. TNG movies, not my favorite, but I do like this as sort of a last vestige of this era. Um because, you know, like after this, it's Kelvin timeline. It's very different. Um, so this was like the last hurrah of like the TNG 90s era, the golden era of Star Trek, in my opinion. But yeah. I'll say this too. The TNG cast, also not my favorite cast, but the OG cast is not my favorite cast either. My fa- my family is Commander, soon to be Captain Sisko, 
It's, you know, <laughs> Major Kira. <laughs> yeah. You know, Dr. Bashir. DS9. Yeah, stand up. You're wearing a my... shirt right now, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Show that off to the YouTubers. I think DS9, as far as the cast goes, is the strongest overall cast. And because TNG it mm. was so uh, Picard and Data focused a lot of the times that some of the cast didn't get the most to do. Um, even though I do like all the cast members, I still would put DS9 a little higher. Yeah, they should have had yeah. a DS9 movie. They <clears throat> they really missed an opportunity to do that um, than Ugh. just rehash this. Or there was ways to insert DS9 stuff into some of the other movies. Well, they missed yeah, so, it, so the the fifth movie that they sort of left open ended, it was going to be it was going to have more Voyager and DS9 characters. No in it. fucking way. Yeah, Another Barkley cameo. Right. So it was going to be you know Riker, Captain Riker on the Titan. Picard on the Enterprise, Worf doing who knows what. Um, and they were gonna have DS9 characters, they were gonna have Voyager characters. It's gonna be great. But did we did we did we have a plot at all of anything? Um, not really. But okay. uh unfortunately a, this movie just did so badly at the box office that yeah. it just killed any hopes of that. Right. They they missed a huge opportunity to do something with Picard and Cisco because they don't like each other because of Wolf 359 and Lacutus. But then yes. also they both have dealings with the Kardashians. They could have had a mission where they have to bury the hatchet, you know, I don't that like would have you been very great. much, Captain. You know, like can I, can I, can yeah. I yeah. pitch you guys something for our long history of watching all these? Mm -hmm. You know what Before. I would have done? My ultimate throw to I would have brought V'ger back. I would have done the full history of Star Trek, the motion picture. I would have called it like well, Star Trek, mm. the next generation, the motion picture, yeah, sure. 11 or 12 or whatever the fuck the right. number was. So, yeah. Colin, I don't know if I mentioned this before or mm. not, but but Sh William Shatner did have like this idea that V'ger was like the original Borg, like V'ger created the Borg or the Borg created V'ger or something like that. Mm. So it's going to tie back into the Borg. And I think he wrote because Shatner wrote some Star Trek novels. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think one of his novels so is about, Yeah, like <laughs> V'ger in the Borg. So that's kind wow. of Wow. That's cool. I, I, yeah. you could, okay, so here's how I would have flipped it and, and done his thing of, you know, the Borg come to the Federation for help. And you have that boardroom scene of all those captains you just said, Janeway, Picard, Riker's in there too as a newly appointed captain. He's like, can you believe I'm you know, like sitting in on the mission talks with uh, my, my yeah, old, have an crew old crew over here? Sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mike, please. Being like, yeah. I can't go on the mission, but it reminds oh, me of a this time that's like, yeah, <laughs> Viju is it? Yeah, just like fully set it up. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't even have it that she's dangerous because remember, we she – did something with Ilya. So she learned love or something. What what would right. be the results and payoff of the, the end mm -hmm. of that film, truly in the Star Trek universe? Did yeah. she go on to make the Borg and, and did some sort of corruption form their evil nature? And maybe she's trying to like wipe them out to correct that or something. And she's mm. like arguing to the Federation, no, what I'm doing is good or something. And you're like, oh shit. Hmm. I mean, that doesn't sound worse than what they did with Picard season one and two. So I'll take yeah. it. There we go. Yeah. There we we go. are bored. This is my um, legends book. <laughs> right. Yeah. With the way DS9 ended with Cisco, he sort of became a prophet to the. That's uh, true. He was the messenger of the prophet. So he became like a spirit or whatever. So he wouldn't have been in it. But I got to go. The DS9 characters, they <laughs> could have brought back Major Kira. Avery Brooks back, would have never uh, come back for it anyway. Yeah. But yes, please bring back all those characters. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I would have loved that. Put O'Brien on the ship no matter what. But it was what. basically, this was sort of the death knell of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and three years later, 2005, Enterprise ends, gets canceled in its fourth season. And mm. that's it for this era of Star Trek. Four-year break. They're like, all right, what are we going to do? Let's get this young Close guy, J.J. Abrams. Uh, he's going to reimagine the whole Trek universe. And that's what we'll get into next month. Yeah. But first... It's time. I think it's time for a little Wrath of Cobb. I think you're right. Nice. And you call this the Nema quiz? <laughs> I should I like have, that. Yeah. <laughs> dun 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 dun. You can just roll into it. That's a good. That's a good comment. Nema We're quiz. back. That's right. Because it's absolutely Wrath of Cobb. The Nema quiz here on Numbers <laughs> Like Us. If you've listened to our past monthly uh, run-alongs, Jacob does such a good job on taking us through these Star Trek episodes, and then delights Mike and I with a quiz at the mm-hmm. end. I've done a quiz ever since the motion picture, the first movie we did. Yeah, And I'm wondering if I should continue this into the Kelvin timeline, if there's enough trivia about those movies. I guess we'll find out, but I'm, mm. I'm game to try, you know? That's true. That's true. So, I, mean, but, I don't think you will continue it, but I think an older version of you <laughs> will come back and tell us that you should start making quizzes. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I know the alternate timeline version. Me would have right. never stopped making the quizzes, yeah. you know? I have yep. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, let's. Alan Brooks it. is still alive. I'm like, no, no, get out of here, Jacob. <laughs> Old Jacob, don't tell me this stuff. You're gonna ruin it. Yeah, right. And hey, enjoy the next six months, buddy. See you later. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. We'll have to get let's future get Colin it. Brooks for a blood transfusion. We'll let's do that. <laughs> exactly. <Sorry. laughs> ah, the echoes. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right. Well, all right. we'll let you jump into it. Star Trek Nema Quiz: The Wrath of Cobb. Uh. Let's get into it. And you remember how this works. So, uh, you know, it's true or false. Hold up your fingers. You know, one for true, two for false. Is Mm -hmm. that how it works? If you're watching along at the YouTube links, which you should, Jacob does a good job making those as well. You'll see that, yes, Mike and I stay honest by revealing (laughs) what our guess is with a one for true, two for false. And then we say them as well. Yeah. Out loud for the listeners. So. Yeah. All right. If, and you can sponsor this. We could have your logo on a little flip card. You know, if you, if you want to sponsor the quiz segment. God's quiz is brought to you by Lexus. <laughs> brought to quiz you by It's almost over because Staples. we are almost at the end of our no, Trek no, no, voyage. No, no, no. We'll get some Cobb's quiz in, in <laughs> yeah, our long brought to you by Applebee's. whatever we're going to uh, follow yeah. this up with yet, which listeners, we wait. don't even know yet. <laughs> but it will definitely not be Fast and the Furious. Anyway, it might be. Not at all. It might be. But it might be. But it might be. I'd rather go to the mines of dilithium uh, <laughs> than revisit those. But let's, let's do it. Let's do it. First question now. Here we go. Uh, all right. Michael Dorn was very upset about Worf's role in this film. Is that true or false? I'm ready. Ready? I'm locked in. All Lock right. it in. All right. Three, two, one, reveal. I'd say true. False. Okay, we have a split. That was true. You know, I was trying oh, to study an easy one. He was very upset because Worf gets nothing to fucking do in this movie. I, my argument was, what, he's more upset than anyone else who also gets nothing to do? Like, what is he complaining about? But Worf about? in particular, if you think about it, he just come off of DS9 where he became yeah. a main character in that show. 
And they're like, they're bringing me back to fucking stand in the background and like have two lines in the movie. But to me, like, that's what you get if you're show hopping. That shows yeah. to me you're you're good enough to be an extra because it's like, oh, you just fucking love this shit. Get back there, you pig. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I'm sure they paid him okay. You know. Yeah. He gets a couple um, fire on them, Mr. Wolf. Like that's yeah. you know, he fucking presses the button. What the fuck else do you want to do on these movies? But at this point in time, you know, Worf had gone through so much on DS9. He became an ambassador for the Klingon Empire. Like he's yeah. above being the security. We officer hear about the great warriors of the Remans. You know, he's not going to get in a Batleth battle against three of those. No. There's never more than like two of them fighting anybody ever. We don't get to no. see them yeah. being warriors. And I thought yeah. Data was going to fight Ron Perlman. I did not think it was going to be uh, Frank's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jeez. Well, Wild. what are you going to do? All right. Next question. Romulan this ale is... should be illegal. <laughs> it is. <laughs> they do illegal. say that. <laughs> I think um, I think the trade embargo was lifted at this point, technically. Mm, but Yeah. We have to fact yeah. check that. Mm-hmm. Irving Berlin. Ugh. <laughs> um all right next question Classic movie. this is a good one uh jerry ryan seven of nine jerry ryan mm-hmm. uh was offered a cameo in this movie before kate mulgrew admiral Catherine janeway was is that true or false locked in locked in lock it in lock it in three two one reveal true true, true. that was true they Berman. wanted seven of, they didn't want fucking janeway they wanted seven of nine yeah, everyone's favorite Voyager character. Right, you right. talked in the past about the animosity those two characters have yes. for each other because one was so popular that that really said to my answer on that one. It's very mm-hmm. sad because, yeah, Kate Mulgrew and Jerry Ryan they did have they didn't get super along well. Oh, they didn't get along super well mm-hmm. on the set of Voyager because Kate Mulgrew felt like Jerry Ryan came in and kind of stole the spotlight. She's the captain, right? She feels like she should be the star of the show. I think they did make up later and they're, they're you know, right. friends now. But And to look at that too, from like different lenses, it's like Kate Mulgrew's like the first female captain of a Star Trek series leading the series. And then they bring in what is effectively like a sex appeal character. Like, yeah. For the ratings. thing is with seven of nine, it's she like, was a really good character. Like she, she has a great arc. Yes. But actually, she yeah. is actually an interesting character and her and Janeway's scenes are like the best part of Voyager where they kind of, their relationship about in the show is actually really interesting. Look, yeah. it's the most mm-hmm. Star Trek thing that can happen to you. You're the character who's the lead because you think you're the captain, and the interesting science officer upstages you and becomes more popular. Yeah. Damn, that's the fate. Wow. So, I mean, Good obviously, touch. the event did get Jerry Ryan back for Picard, mm-hmm. and she's a big part of that show. Um, but yeah, they did ask her before Kate Mulgrew. She couldn't do it because she had just started a role on Boston Public at the time. Mm. Uh, and you know, she's doing TV. She can do fucking Star Trek nemesis. Um, yeah, right. But she did obviously come back again for Picard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right. Next question. Jonathan Frakes was asked to direct, but he declined. Is that true or false? I'm ready. Locked in. Locking in. Three, two, one. Reveal. No false. way. That was false. You got uh, it right. Good job. I was trying to trick you, but no, he wasn't asked to direct. Uh, for so, you know, like I said, they wanted to go in a different direction, get some new blood, even though he did the two previous movies. Mm-hmm. And he said that if he if he was asked, he would have accepted and he would have done it. But they didn't ask. Of course. Him. And LeVar Burton uh, and again, he was done episodes here and there. Like he yeah. could have been a guy. Um, 
Yeah, or Brent Spiner, story credit, right? Oh, but, really? Uh, <laughs> you don't want number one's hand on this thing? Hey, Jerry, my agent? Yeah, <laughs> show me the, the script for Time Stoppers one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? And apparently, yeah, you know, on set, Stuart Baird. Clock Stoppers, sorry. Stuart Baird did, like, say, like, oh, I made a conscious decision not to ask him for any advice or anything and he was busy on clock stoppers so it just worked better for everyone this way good i was like oh, that's glad. interesting yeah okay. <laughs> um so there you go okay next question nicholas meyer director of wrath of khan and uh the undiscovered country was approached to direct this before Stuart baird is that true or false hmm 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 i'm locked in but i'm not confident i'm locked lock in. it in lock it in three two one reveal I said false. True. So we have a split. That we have a split. That was true. That Absolutely. is true. Colin tied so it up. Absolutely. They said Nicholas Meyer. You came back before to do Undiscovered Country. You made the last OG movie. Do you want to come back and do this one? And he was considering it, but he said he would only do it uh, if he could do a rewrite of the script. But Rick Berman had already promised John Logan full control over the script, so they couldn't do that. So he said, nah. I, so I imagine he read the script and he's like, I'm not directing this shit. Let me so, rewrite but, it. Yeah. But, yeah. But what you just said, John Logan did have full control of this screenplay. Yes. It seemed like he had more control than Stuart Baird. Oh. Well, you figure Which like. It's weird, but they got Stuart Baird Logan, to do the action. Yeah. Right. But if you just say, hey, dude, um, you know that guy who directed Wrath of Khan? You know, he wants to work on the script with you, but he, would you like to work with that guy? I'd be like, yeah, let's let's make a better movie. Oh, right. thank God. Somebody who knows Star <laughs> what Trek they're is doing. what I would have yeah. said. Yeah. So the yeah. original guy we that they brought out. in to save the franchise after the motion picture, right? Yeah. For and they brought him back it. again. No, I really want to keep my Shatner's disaster. Yeah, yeah. No, I just want the most back end points of this sixty million dollar box office flop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, that's right. all you're protecting is your back end. Yeah. And there's not and even this one. It's crazy that John Logan going from a you know Oscar nominated Gladiator to this, mm-hmm. just both with Roman kind of terminology yeah. and politics. Maybe that's <laughs> why. Maybe that's why he came on, Mike. Yeah, uh, Roma. What's yeah. my take? What if there's space gladiators? <laughs> right. No, what if John, Russell Crowe's in it? Well, what? It. It's a similar origin story there because we do have somebody who is like the lower caste, like slave class gladiator versus mining yeah. and uh, uh, rising to up top. to, yeah. to yeah. look eye to eye with the the leadership. Look at that. Sure. Anyway. Fight them. Um, fight them in a revolution. <laughs> all right. Next question. So what's the score? That's three to four, three. Four We're questions tied up. Three to three. three. To three. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, next question. Stuart Baird, the director of this movie, was a huge Star Trek fan beforehand. I might have already tipped my mm. hand on this one, but yeah, I'm ready. Was that true or false? I'm ready. I'm ready. ready. All right. All right. Three, two, one. Reveal. False. True. That was false. That was false. I... He had reportedly never watched TNG, an episode of TNG, even before shooting this, even to get familiar with the characters or their relationships. Oh. Uh, he had no idea what was going on. Uh, LeVar Burton, Jonathan Frakes, Mar- uh, Marina Sirtis all have spoken unfavorably about working with him. 
Uh, he couldn't remember cast members' names, and he thought LeVar Burton was an alien instead of a human with oh, prosthetic yeah. eyes. So, <laughs> well, well, look, yeah. okay, I do remember now that you said that, but look, I remembered before that we were saying, you know, he didn't fresh blood or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe necessarily he didn't have the strongest connection to this, but I also saw he gave himself a cameo as the voice of the Scimitar's computer. That to mm. me screams as a guy who's like. I got to put myself in there. Like I love Star Trek, but now I guess not. Apparently, yeah, he was not a Star Trek faster guy. if I record it. <laughs> John Logan <laughs> was a Star Trek fan beforehand, but mm. Stuart Baird was not. So. Ah, got it. There you okay. go. Well, I um, ahead by one. Yeah. Next question. Getting away with it, Mike. Mm. This is this is this is a good one. All right. Thrilling. Jonathan Frakes' back hair was digitally removed in his love scene with Marina Sirtis. Is that back true or hair? false? Wow. His back hair was digitally removed. Uh, oh, man, well. I'm locked in. <laughs> I'm locked in. Just from the framing of the question, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah. Three, two, one, reveal. True. Must please. be true. That I is hope. true. That's he refused incredible. to shave his back for this scene, so they digitally removed it in post. Why? I, I don't why know. couldn't he not have back hair? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. About However any much of that. that costs them, you just say we'll give you half of that cash, Jonathan. We'll just give yeah. you yeah. thousand bucks right now, cash. To and by it. the way, speaking about effects, I think it's funny because if this movie was made today, they probably would have just done some like fucking de aging on Picard on Patrick Stewart and had him play uh, a young Shinzon, right? Parent trap. Can you yeah. imagine the world yeah. where, yeah, fucking Robert Downey Jr. gets to play the villain that is a young class? I mean, it's Gemini Man. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's fucking yeah. great, dude. Wild. Well, I kind of, so I like that, you know, they gave Tom Hardy a chance instead of using this de aging. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Much better. Yeah. Yep. But if they had the technology then, they probably would have done it. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, Indiana Jones trailer, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stay um, tuned, normies. Stay tuned. All right, next question. Okay, here we go. Michelle Forbes, Roe Laren, Ensign Roe. Mm-hmm. Uh, she makes a cameo appearance in the beginning wedding scene. Is that true or false? It's a complete guess. Log about it, in. you know. You had Guyan in there, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Wesley that. too. I mean, Wesley. Yeah, that's Sheesh. funny. All right, in. lock it in. Three, two, one, reveal. False. False. For me. That is false. Good job, guys. All right. There's a there's a longstanding rumor that she was in it because mm. in the shot of Guinan when when Picard's giving the speech, there's like a woman behind her that kind of looks like Rolaren. So people are like, that's fucking Rolaren. But it's not right. It's not Michelle Ford. No. So it's not we could have had an opportunity too by the end of this movie to bring back uh our Tasha Yar Romulan yeah. character, you know, with that, that whole subplot, unless she was in a different universe, right? Well, that's funny that you mentioned that actually, because no way. Oh, I'm next sorry. question. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, ask the question um, then. Yeah. Next question. Denise Crosby discussed the possibility of returning for this movie with Rick Berman. Is that true or false? Well, now based off my crackpot, I know what I'm saying, but. <laughs> Yeah. Boy, in this guy's relationship with women, was he on good grounds <laughs> with one of them? That's a great well, question. Well, she left after one season, but not the uh, end, as far as I know. <laughs> right, so right. she escaped him. All right, yeah. I'm locked in. Yep. All right. Three, two, one, reveal. Honestly, true. true. That is true. So oh, okay. Denise Crosby, obviously, she played Tasha Yar, and she also came back as the Romulan character, Sela, who we find out that uh, 
is like Tasha Yar's daughter. I don't remember how what? that worked, but yeah. Do you remember that, Mike? No, it's not like cloning, but it's some sort of, it's not so dissimilar as the plot mechanism mm. for this movie. I don't know the yeah. exact detail, but yeah, she does come back. She as comes like, back as a Romulan villain. Who's yeah. You said her Sila. name is Shinza. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shinza. Sila. Shinza. So they did, they yeah. did talk about bringing Sila back, but they couldn't figure out how to make it work with the story. Which doesn't make sense because she easily could have been that female Romulan There's general or whatever that was like. Work. What are you talking yeah, about? It's like, hey, I, I don't it's like what Romulan. Shinzon's up you to. You just yeah. say a bunch of Romulan diplomats were killed. We have to send an emissary or embassy you know, representative to your ship to accompany on this mission. Oh, it's someone you happen to have a past with. And yeah. she was in that previous regime that got overthrown. So she would have a motivation to like help picard in this right, situation yeah. don't too. trust it almost Shinzon. makes too much sense if you yeah think. <laughs> they're not doing things that make sense but, in these uh, movies. we've established that but by the way yeah. did you see the half of us that are vampires <laughs> yeah just love this idea that the romulans keep bringing up they're like you know some of us are spooky right <laughs> that's one of my yeah. favorite thing about romulans well, from this is like, now that i know half like, of them are vampires it's just and like they're also if, like if a like, distant cousin of the vulcans too yeah so it's that's like, are fine, the demons also Jacob, related to the vulcans? you showed me one of your cousin and you were like this cousin has no emotions <laughs> this, by is, the way, cousin this cousin is a vampire <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're like well that's one of them's this more interesting than my the other. cousin orlock right yeah count yes, orlock Yes, Praetor um, Orlock. All right, what's the current score? Right now it is, uh, it looks like six to seven. How many questions have we had? I have one more question. Seven to six. You're, you you got to be Seven to six. six. One, I'm right. up by one. I have right one now. question yeah. with a special bonus question, an extra oh, credit, if you will. Here's how I'm going to get you. You're going to yeah. get me with that pointy part of the ship. Um, <laughs> so here we go. Okay. The only okay, so Star Trek Nemesis is the only Star Trek film to not finish number one at the box office for its opening weekend. Is the that only true or false? one to not finish number one? This definitely didn't because I do know that like two towers this, and shit was out. Yeah, but yes. is it the oh, only one? Let me set the scene one. for you. Holiday that, season, oh, please. Two thousand two. Set the scene. Why was with, this? Yes. it's competing with Lord <laughs> of the Rings, Two Towers. It's competing with Harry Potter and the Chamber of the Secrets, and. Die Another Day, the James Bond movie. Wow. Uh, all big. But hits. I saw all those in theaters, and I think I saw <laughs> Two Towers twice. There's no way that's true. And I saw this film. That's yeah. too many movies. Not opening weekend, maybe. Wild, wild. I, okay. I don't know. <laughs> but so is this the first one? And is it the TNG only or all of them? All every Star Trek movie. There's Not some other TNG one. ones where I think I think I I'm don't ready. Know, yeah. So this is interesting. We'll is see. that true or false? Three, two, one. You guys locked in? Yeah, locked I'm in. locked in. Three, two, one. Reveal. False. False. It can't be. Wow. You both said false. It's true. Wow. Oh Insurrection finished only... number one. Yeah. Yeah. That, At least that it's first weekend. More than this one bombing. But it's wow. the lowest grossing Star Trek of all time. Only, or, or I, I don't know if it's the lowest grossing because actually. Uh, Final Frontier, which was Shatner's uh, directorial, mm. you know, number five in the OG movies, made sixty million. So I think that was actually the lowest-grossing one. But this was the sure. only one to not finish number one its first weekend. Adjusted and, for inflation, you probably can yeah, make that argument, oh yeah, sixty anyway. million was worth a lot more in the seventies or in the eighties than it was in the two thousands for sure. Or two thousands, anyway. Yeah. Um, but again, just think: sixty-seven million worldwide on a sixty million dollar budget. 
Insurrection made 117 million worldwide. So it's literally basically half of Insurrection's box office. That's Jeez. an insane drop off. Yeah. Um, that is franchise yeah. fatigue. Uh, Ant Man. And think about how uh, much Ant-Man. Two Towers made in yeah. the same season, you know, Two Towers. Yeah. yeah, Mike, that's a very interesting question where uh, I'll say this off pod, because we brought this up in the last Marvel movie that we covered, but off pod, we still continue to text each other. How many Marvel movies are there? We like we did finally get like a tally of like 42 or, or some absurd yeah. number like that. Yeah. But at this age and at this time, like imagining my father sitting down and being like, oh, the 11th Star Trek movie. Not a chance. The culture was just 100 percent different. There's not and a chance people were going to this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's really crazy how much the Abrams movie rejuvenated the franchise because if you look at how much that movie made it's a huge it, jump it, like, it really like 300 is the power million dollars reboots. like when yeah. you when producers and and studio heads bring those up and fans roll their eyes you really do underestimate the power of a new fresh jumping on point for new fans and a fresh take of old material right yeah so i am excited to talk about that next month yeah but um for extra credit so it, was, it did not finish number one its opening weekend. Only Star Trek movie to ever do that. Which movie did it lose to? And I'll say this. The three that I mentioned, Two Towers, Chamber of Secrets, Die Another Day. It's not any of those. Those all came out different weekends around the same time. Those are just still in the box office run. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So this is a fresh, this, this film also opened this weekend against Nemesis. Yes, you know? it's the it's the okay. movie that opened the same weekend as Nemesis wow. and came in number one. So Nemesis came what in number two. else was I seeing this weekend? Holiday season. Mike, this I don't is know if you'll be able to get movies. it. It's it's when I say it, you're gonna be like, "What? Really? That movie? Really?" So, so I don't know if you're gonna get it. Maybe but if you can, something kid oriented. Yeah. Maybe something like. Boy, oh, maybe maybe like a Disney movie. I'm gonna throw it out to what's it like a 2000s, like an early Pixar. Is this like a Toy Story? Toy Story two. No. Nope. Ah, oh, jeez, I got Pixar. Nothing. Yeah, I'm it's, out. I don't think you're gonna be able to get Can it. Can you give us a studio? Just, should I just say it? Hmm. Let me see. Depends on oh, how many clues you want to give us. Yeah. yeah, yeah if yeah. if if it's easier, off I the don't studio. even know the studio or an actor. Maybe okay. that's the easy way. But I'm gonna look it up because I don't definitely. even know the. Uh, studio this is for it. all this for all the marbles man that's yeah. right right well, right to tie it for me i guess yeah that's uh, true. so this was made by sony pictures or distributed by that sony does pictures. not help no um i'll say this and this is probably just gonna make it more confusing because i didn't even know this Incredible. it's based on a story by john hughes and I didn't I know that. Based <laughs> on a story by it's John Hughes. Based on a story Hughes. by John Hughes. I'll tell you the director's name. Can I, it's not can I help you? Can I yeah, guess great. real quick? Yeah. Go for it. Is this the film Drillbit Taylor? No. Oh, thank okay. God. Okay. <laughs> this movie was directed by a man named Wayne Wang. No, it wasn't. See the others? Yeah, 100%. You can't watch his not. movies in theaters. <laughs> I know Wayne, Wayne Wang. Wang's work. Yeah, uh, he directed. Yeah, I'm Joy familiar Luck. with Wayne Wang. He did not direct this. Right? That's not, probably a yeah. different Wayne Wang you're thinking of. <laughs> right. Uh, I got. I got no. I got nothing, Colin. Yeah, I you're not going to be able to get. Yeah, I, I lose. I'll say it's kind of a. Tell me. Be considered a chick flick. If I give you the main oh, actress, oh, oh, oh. it might spur something. Okay. What's I the, might got I? it here. What's that really shitty Christmas movie with uh, 
Andrew I don't Lincoln. think a John Hughes chick oh, flick Christmas uh, movie. Is it, is it, I know what yeah, you're talking about. He holds up the signs. But, uh, He's like yeah. a homewrecker. Yeah, I can't with uh, Love Colin Actually. Oh, Love Actually. Love, love Actually. actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not no. Love Actually. Okay, I'm done then. The the no, star no. of this movie is Jennifer Lopez. Does that Made Manhattan? This is, this is getting so really Made in Manhattan. No, John Hughes did not write the story for <laughs> Made in Manhattan. It's what is a story about? by John Hughes? Made in Manhattan. Manhattan. Like a story that. that that he told someone about wanting to have sex with his maid. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Sure, great. Damn. Of course, Made that movie Manhattan. that we all know about Jennifer Lopez playing a maid in Manhattan. I would assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rafe Fiennes, Natasha Richardson. Stanley that Tucci, right? That's Bob not Hoskins. true. None of that's none of that's true. You're making all this <laughs> made up. in Manhattan was, did better than it, Nemesis. That is great. Good. Came out the same weekend as Star Trek Nemesis. A and lesson beat it at the this franchise office. needs to learn. You never underestimate Jenny from the block. Uh huh. She's right. always exactly. out there. Surprise, it wasn't mm-hmm. Geejly. You know, Geejly. Oh. Well, what a <laughs> quiz. <laughs> Great work as usual. That was the quiz. The wrath of thank Kyle you. The uh, the echo is you know. And so you guys, Mike got are... the extra credit. So does that give him or who won the? Uh, no, nope. I won it. I won it. I got the extra credit. Mike yeah. destroyed us. Congratulations, wow. sir. Yeah, I just drove the knife in further. So thank I'm you. So I'm proud of you. To have thank taken you. over. Let Let me ask you too. Does it bum you out to see this be the end? Or you just fully switch to the mode of no, Picard is a fitting end. You're happy with what you've been given now. Hmm, good question. That is a good question because the first two seasons of Picard, I didn't, you know, obviously I've, we spoke about it sort of at length, but not a huge fan of them. Uh, but eventually it did get sort of the wrap up of TNG that we needed, which was season three. So mm. I think that does put a nice dot on it. Not that I think it's a perfect season or anything, but it is definitely better than this movie. It was, yeah, it was much needed to have season three of Picard actually accomplish what it did because like, at least the TOS cast, like they did have a good, I think, last ride, you know, and then their, their last yeah. feature length solo. I think that was enough. But this the whole thing was, was yeah, it's yeah, just season, a limp noodle, you know? Yeah. And season one, two of Picard, they were like specifically not trying to make a TNG reunion. They're like, it's going to be Picard and a bunch of new characters, and everyone's going to love it. And nobody Who would loved want it. That? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's Again, it's Patrick Diesel. Stewart's idea, right? Yeah. I'll like, come back. I just want to be the gotta be focus something of totally everything. Different. People yeah. tell me I have terrible instincts. <laughs> yes. I know you I'm do. 80 years old now, but I want to I'm do action. I, most of the time, on PHC, you see, because of my arthritis. Yes. No, no. That's Sir Patrick. We know. I prefer the characters you're portraying than you, the person, and the creative yeah. decisions yeah. you want to make. I'm sure he's a you, great person. Have you met my 20 yeah. year old wife? <laughs> Yeah, yes, we have. She's great. She's fantastic. Ian McKellen was my best man. He's my my lovable have you seen friend. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> played Magneto, you see. And I played Charles Xavier. <laughs> Your best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, right. can I say real quick? Um yeah. you added Dom to the end of the last podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, as the voice <laughs> I forgot replacing I did that. Gandalf. 
Yeah. It, it made me so happy. Great work. <laughs> thanks, I love thanks. anytime you throw these voices. I, on I'm there. glad that he, uh, you know, yeah. was able to call it. He was able to show that up. For us. Maybe, yeah. maybe Sir Patrick takes us Anything away for on family. this one to <laughs> say knows? goodbye. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Well, as we get into our last thoughts yes. transition here, I do want to say, you know, we have Shinzon, we have uh, Picard, and as you're saying, you know, he's his own worst enemy. And this is 2002, and it just reminds me of the song that I'm now going to play. Uh, 1999's Lit, My Own Worst Enemy. It's uh, that kind of era, that kind of movie. Goofy Goobers, yeah. we'll catch you on the next side. <laughs> That's right. It's no surprise to me, I am my own worst enemy. Cause every now and then I kick the living shit out of me. The smoke alarm is going off and there's a We're back. We're wrapping up here on Normies Like Us, where we're giving our final thoughts on Star Trek Nemesis. And we thank you again one more time, Normies, for taking this uh, Star Trek journey along with us. It's mm-hmm. been a long journey, been a fun journey, a rewarding journey, I would say. A long and road uh, from there to here. It's been more than a year since we started doing these treks, uh, which is crazy to think about. Um, and we still have at least three more, right? With the Kelvin universe, the new era that we're moving into. I'm excited to get into it. Colin, I know you like these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be coming next month. Coming from where we've kind of experienced all these two, and like now we have point of reference, like more fresh for the TOS movies and that arc and TNG to, to restart the Kelvin movies, which I haven't seen them in. Yeah. Like I, I've only saw Star Trek Beyond once in theaters. I haven't really rewatched the other ones since they've come out. Right. You know, I, I remember enjoying them, so it's going to be interesting to go back into those and, uh, and gaining a new appreciation for those characters. You know, Kirk and mm-hmm. Spock and Bones and all and any favorites. like false starts or ideas that they had that they didn't flesh out that they take another run at. Like, see if there's stuff that you know maybe I didn't even realize was a reference, etc. Right, just being more familiar with these. So that'll be what cool. If I'm Kirk looking was forward green to this time. Yeah, let's make Kirk green. Uh, mm-hmm. I, maybe this is a question better suited for when we're in that timeline and talking about those things. But I'll, I'll ask you guys now because it is these characters. Do you think we'll ever see a Kelvin version of Picard or or this cast or mm. a rebooted version of this cast? Hmm. That's a good question because and I do want to talk about the future of this franchise in the ne- next month mm-hmm. um, because there has long been a fourth Kelvin movie in the works that's at various stages of development. They almost went into production in spring of 2022 with matt shackman directing who did wandavision then he left to do the fantastic four movie that they're making so now it's sort of a movie that has no director uh i read an interview with chris pine actually earlier today when i was doing research and chris pine recently just said like yeah they don't really tell me anything like actors are pretty much the last people to know what's going on like i'd love to make another one i love making star trek movies uh, and he also said, like, the problem is, like, now it's got to make, like, they expect these movies to make Marvel money. And if it doesn't yeah. make Marvel money, yeah, then it's yeah, considered yeah. a failure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he just wants to make, like, make movies for the Star Trek fan base and make it like a mid-level budget 
and you know make a modest success. It doesn't have to be a huge blockbuster. Yeah. Oh, geez, yeah. Jacob, you're <laughs> telling me a franchise starring Chris Pine doesn't have to be a blockbuster to get more sequels? I hope not. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, that was a great movie, but didn't make Marvel money, and therefore this D and D is a failure. I hope that's not what we're seeing. You know, I want sequels yeah. for that. It will be interesting because coming out of all these ten movies. You know, I said, I think TOS functions better on the big screen. I think TNG functions better on the small screen, you know, full stop. Um, then it's like, do these ever need to be a blockbuster? And right now I would say no, but flash forward to when the first Kelvin movie comes out. And I'm like, damn, maybe they can be because that's, you know, fun ride. So we'll see yeah. where we go. And again, but... these movies do are, did well, at least the first two beyond may have been, again, disappointing for what they were expecting. But like it shouldn't have to make like $500 million, like 150 million for what, you know, Star Trek beyond is like, should be enough. Like make some mid budget itself. Yeah. Right. And then like Tarantino was like working on a Star Trek pitch for a while that he wanted to make. Maybe had gangsters in it. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to be this crazy fucking space adventure, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Very Tarantino. So that's interesting, but it seems like the fourth movie is very much up in the air but not completely dead yet. Um, who knows? But I'm yeah, excited there's... for the next three months to talk about that, and then we'll figure out what we do. Well, I would like that. to see, I don't know, name any actor play Picard in that fourth movie. A super young... <laughs> Tom Hardy. Could, could get Picard. Tom Hardy to do it. Tom no. Hardy. And he says, <laughs> I hope they never you know, steal some of my blood to make shins oh, on. They redo this and they get a shins on with another Timothy Chalamet oh playing gosh. Tom Hardy. <laughs> hey, your name's Captain Kirk. Hey, did I ever tell you if I ever had a kid, I'd name him shins on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, that is a good question, though. Like, Kelvin time is there a Kelvin timeline Picard it who knows like right and the timeline gets super muddy and confusing because they do reference events that happen in these movies in the Picard show like the Romulan homeworld being blown up and that kind of thing so right it's unclear how that works maybe this rewatching these movies maybe it'll clear it up a little oh wait I see what you're saying whoa that's really wild okay yeah yeah. huh yeah that's like the event that causes two timelines yeah and then Nimoy obviously is the you know comes back as old spock so it's a little yeah and we have a different kirk in strange new worlds which will be back june 15th so we're gonna get some of like my favorite modern trek very soon as well so uh, a lot of things going on in the trek world so one era ends another one begins and life goes on you know but we do have to say goodbye to the golden era of the 90s to tng Mm -hmm. our favorite characters jordy Worf, Data, Dr. Crusher, all Miles our O'Brien, Miles O'Brien, Barkley. he would have been back if they did the fifth movie for sure. Yeah. He was a DS9 guy too. He, he's Voyager. He saved Voyager. Okay. Just never forget that. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. But that's Star Trek Nemesis. Great movie. I think we all agree. <laughs> right. Five, five uh, star recommend. Watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pay for, me, for it I if, mean, you ha- if you don't have it. Donate yeah. money if you can watch it for free anyway let paramount know you love this yeah. thing but no again like yeah it is a bad movie i don't think but it does have some interesting ideas some good scenes that i like it's more watchable for most of it than insurrection to me so mm-hmm. and i love tom hardy so seeing a nice tom hardy villain like it was enough to keep me engaged for most of it i did lose interest in the like last third of it because it does become kind of not that interesting but yeah there you go 
There we go. Yeah, I, that's I'll I'll just piggyback and say agree. That's my final thought. Um, I I think what maybe hurts this movie even more is this modern streaming era where you can literally choose anything else. Mm, sure. uh, this is a fun experiment. I love franchises. I love films in series where you can like watch progressions and pick up little storylines and connections and go like it's interesting that that theme was in that one and there's a similar one in this one um and i think in the era that we grew up in even though this was not my experience i did not own these films on dvd but that little box set where you have those really thin dvds that they used to do when you had like a million movies together and i think if you had every star trek film pre-kelvin and like my brother and I were going up there getting them all in this imaginary universe. I think eventually at least two or three times we would be like, you know, when we haven't watched in a while, the fucking clone one. Do you remember that one? And I think it would have gotten a heavier rotation opposed sure. to literally me going like uh, Apple TV, Star Trek Nemesis. OK, no, it pulled up every other Star Trek. OK, well, let me scroll down. Mm-hmm. Well, these are Paramount films, so I'll go to Paramount Plus. Oh, they're not on Paramount Plus. OK, so, not anymore. Okay, now they're, they're, on, they're on, on HBO Max. Okay, so, oh, oh, wait. Oh, so it's on it's on HBO Max. It's Max, where you oh, go no, to get so your HBO. Making me re-download a new app to watch this. Like literally the journey that I went on to watch this film. There are about four or five times where I was like, do I just text it? Maybe I'm not on this episode this week. Yeah, but, like, man. I just don't want to watch this movie. So great. Great. I don't know, man. Yeah. Get journey. ready. Cause I think the, the Kelvin movies are on Netflix now. I don't know. They move around different streaming services. I don't understand. Now, you it. know, those thing. are, those are Blu-ray gets for Colin. Colin's got all those on physical media. Nice. If anybody needs to borrow on babies. Cause those are films worth watching. I think but I'm not I positive to this one Blu-ray was Ray at my house, which I don't I'm, think I do. <laughs> interesting. Fascinating. We live in a brave uh, new world. Yeah, I'm going to sure say, do. skip this one. I do not recommend watching this film, honestly. I, I think if you've got more to do, was this film two hours as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. It's pretty long because after that's an hour, it's like long. there's still an hour left. Yeah, how is that? But again, true? it's to me, it's more watchable than Insurrection, though. So I don't know. But skip both of them. Just watch First Contact. Yeah, that's, <laughs> pretty much. Watch Best of Both Worlds Part One and Two and First Contact. Just do that. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. You guys keep saying that. There you go. All right. That's the final word. Word is law. Word is bond. We have the only right opinion. Don't give me your differing opinion on Twitter. Okay, we'll reject that. No. We are correct. No, that's right. no. Let we'll us know what you think, away. obviously. What do you think about this movie? And appreciate going on the journey with us uh, once again. Yeah, hashtag Normie Nation. I'm throwing that out because uh, Normie Nation, earlier. dude. And, and shout out Normie to our, our listener, Matt, who, who put that out, which is the <laughs> that's greatest. That's right. But, uh, He's a president yeah, of Normie Nation. Idea. Shout Normie out Nation. to Normie Nation right Yo, now. Who we're going to say... Like, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. It really helps out the podcast. You can find it anywhere. Do that anywhere. And, of course, watch these YouTube videos. I'll shout out specifically. Watch these Star Trek ones when Jacob puts them out because, of course, you can watch along for the quiz. That's Mm -hmm. right. The wrath. Well, thanks, Normies. I've been your captain. Captain yeah. Jake Luke Picab. I'll go mm. first this time. Kind of change mm. up the order, I guess. <laughs> Sounds good. There's you, been a coup well, in the Romulan you, Senate. <laughs> you went That's before right. me, Jacob. Oh, Ooh. no. Why? Well, I've had a... <laughs> but why? <laughs> but, but why? But why? Okay, I got nothing. But I'm why? just going to be Romulan Perlman. 
Romulan Perlman. Romulan Perlman. Yeah, Love Romulan. Uh, him and Linda Hamilton running around in that sewer. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye. This is Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise, and I implore you to like, share, and subscribe this podcast. I once had a dear friend named Data, and we appreciate seeing the listener Data on this show. Make it so.